WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Thursday, November 2nd. Yes, it is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, always live on the free Odyssey app and streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L, Dawn Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers, working our way towards the weekend. Dawn, Greg, uh, did you guys enjoy 30 degrees and revving up the vehicle to... Get the frost Ooh. off the windshield. Ooh. It's uh, it. When I first let Buddy out early this morning, it was twenty nine degrees. Ah. He turned back around and said, "I'm going back yeah, inside." He was, well, the, the only one that loves this is the dog, the yeah. big fur. He's like, "Oh, this feels great." <laughs> it took me like two and a half minutes. I was dry. I'm like, I'm not going to wait for the windshield to defrost. So I've got the little the little window basically where it's starting to defrost. <laughs> oh, and you, no. you, you tilt your head down and you can see through as you're driving down the road. Yeah, that's how I did the first two three miles of my commute this morning. Yeah, was was that. I just because I don't have I, I don't have time I don't have a second to spare in the morning yeah so it's like I don't have time to scrape my windshield <laughs> so I literally <clears throat> um, take the the um, the window washer fluid right and just do it that that a few times wipe it yep. turn the turn the defrosters on blast and just drive uh huh that's what I was doing as well but then I realized it was thirty and it might freeze up because it's too cold <laughs> yeah. so the whole thing went the you know what yeah all right a lot of good things to get to this morning. By the way, yeah, what do you got? I am going to make the case at 7:45 or around there. You know, the country usually lasts for six days. That does. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make the case that Caitlin Collins might be Nick Hale's perfect mate. In some regards, yeah. In other regards, I, not. I'm going to make the case, Dawn. Caitlin Collins from CNN. They have nothing in common as politically, right? But. She is his perfect mate, and oh I will boy. make that case coming up at seven forty-five. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make yep. me a, all right, or maybe like a maybe like a his TV twin, or my TV, right? <laughs> TV twin. Some say she resembles my sister. I've been told. Yeah, I could see that. So I don't know. You guys would argue about politics for in well, she could stop forever. pretending that she's actually because I've heard she's actually something else, but mm-hmm. you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, mm-hmm. she's—I mean, she started her career as a. As a conservative, as, yeah, yeah, reporter for what the Blaze or yeah. something, yeah, I think or, the, or was Daily it the Daily Caller, Daily Caller, it was yeah. Tucker Carlson's site, yeah, yeah, yeah. and look at her upbringing, yeah, too. yeah, so yeah. that's if she is effective at Democrats, bad parenting. We'll talk to her parents <laughs> in the nine o'clock hour. Uh, a lot of good things to get to this morning. We've got a very interesting big take where I'm taking free speech, social media, and the Supreme Court and merging it all together for a big take that'll be coming up shortly. Also, RFK Jr. not only doing well in the polls. But in the pockets. Oh, my guy! Uh-oh. My guy's got a little bit of a little change in his pocket these it's, days. It's almost like we predicted that on this show, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Okay, certainly you did. Um, and no, then I th- no, I say that all the time. It's not. It's it's not a me. It's a we. 
Yeah, no, no, it's it's definitely a thing, and we will get into it. Uh, also, we have a fat problem at Uh-oh. multiple levels, which is always nice to hear when it comes to our military and the holidays. So that story's coming up. And uh, also some other stuff with lack of sleep, mm. some disturbing footage of a Harvard pro-Hamas supporter where it went above and beyond free speech, at least uh, in my eyes. We're still doing this, huh? Yeah. Don Lemon's got a thing for dressing up as females on Halloween. We'll break that down. Get ready for that visual. And also, um, throat cancer. The leading culprit might not what you think it was, or basically we were told one thing and it could be something else. i got to be very careful with the way I word that one today. Look, it's a scientific study. It is. It is. Maybe you can give the story to Dawn and she can do it in a journalist way. Yes, that's correct. Uh, speaking of the news, let's get to it. Round number one, and away we go with the great Dawn Stenzel at 6.05. And good morning. Freeze warning continues this morning, by the way, until 10 o'clock this morning. If you're just waking up, it's cold out there, so make sure you warm up yourself, the vehicle. We are sponsored this morning by Holland Floor Covering this November 2nd, Thursday. Suburban police searching for a killer as a Bucks County family and community and school are grieving Uh, Police have now identified that middle school student who was fatally shot when gunfire rang out during what appears to be a large fight that had broken out Halloween night in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. So it happened about 735 Tuesday night, Bristol Pike, Woodbine Avenue, a large group of teenagers. Um, Obviously, there have been, you know, trick-or-treaters out there. It looked like a party turned into somebody got into an argument and in all of this, ultimately, the 14-year-old who was shot in the chest, pronounced dead at Jefferson Tarsdale Hospital, has been identified as Peter Romano. He was a student at Snyder Middle School, so the superintendent, school officials speaking out. They're offering grief counselors to all of the, the children at the middle school. And this is police still look into this, searching for the gunman who apparently shot from a vehicle, according to police, more than a dozen shots. So they don't have a connection between this 14-year-old, don't know who the gunman is, if these, you know, they don't have even a motive at this point because nobody's even uh, connecting the fact that the gunman was in the crowd. In other words, with with some of the kids who were, who were arguing or whatever was going on, it appears by all accounts the 14-year-old happened. To, unfortunately, it's that wrong place, wrong time cliché. A very large group of teenagers were out here. So this would be constituted as a drive-by shooting then, right? I, I would say so, Nick. Which we don't really hear that phrase too much anymore. But That's true. Yeah, nowadays people just don't care. They just walk right up to you and shoot you at point-blank range. I know. Yeah. Uh, that's so true. We have a, a 17-year-old and 19-year-old also shot. They are recovering. One of them still hospitalized after surgery. And as well, police trying to question the 17- and 19-year-old. Um, is it possible that one of those two teens, are they the target? So there's still, it's an active investigation um, as we as we continue, you know, to cover the news this morning. We also have a, an unbelievable story with a mom and her teenage daughter shot in West Philadelphia after just opening their front door, Cobbs Creek, uh, 7 o'clock last night, 5700 block of Spruce Street, Police say the mom and 16-year-old were inside their house, standing in the foyer area, and somebody comes to the, the man comes to the door, and I guess they were peeking through the door, and said no. He, apparently, he had just gone to the wrong house. 
That's what police are saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Gets mad that it's the wrong house and decides he's going to he's going to spray them with gunfire, essentially shooting through the through the door and into the, the vestibule kind of foyer area there. Uh, just, you can't make this stuff up. Right. All right. So from by all accounts with with police, five shots fired and uh, hit the doorway. Both victims. Mom was shot in her hip. The 16, her 16 year old daughter suffering a gunshot wound to the leg. So they were rushed to the hospital and they will, you know, recover after some time surgeries. But these are not life threatening injuries, according to police. Obviously, they're searching for that suspect, that shooter who fled on a bicycle. Um, and, and actually, I should, I should update this. The, they did arrest a person of interest as they're not identifying that individual at this time. But they may have the the guy, so we've got that going on. Also, um, we have new video as a uh, Philadelphia Correctional Center is under fire, if you will, after close scrutiny after those two inmates managed to escape the facility. This was last May. Well, it was all captured on surveillance video. This newly released video shows the actual moment the two inmates walked out of their cells at the Philadelphia. Industrial Correctional Center. We talked a lot about this at the time. And then they crawl through this, the, the open parts of the prison to avoid detection. So 19-year-old Amin Hurst, 24-year-old Nasir Grant, they escaped May 7th. Um, they were, and one of them charged with, with murder. So they were, the, they were arrested, you know, 10 days later. But the question is, and that's the question that this was posed before City Council. Krasner is actually D.A. Krasner. Mm-hmm taking questions on this and giving the play-by-play on this one. But essentially, for the for one, at least one of the prison guards was asleep, was taking <laughs> oh, a nap. Uh, the, uh, the nap? Yep, taking a nap. The nap. See? See, now guys like me that utilize the nap in the proper form for the proper duration get a bad get a bad rap. Now, this was the, this was the case where the, the door was not closed pro- uh, properly, correct? Yes. 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 <laughs> But it was, <laughs> so and dumb. it's uh, it's if you're that person, you'll never your family will never let you no. put this down. No, you should lose. Your, did did but, the guy lose his job? By the way, well, I think that I think the napper was actually a, a female guard. Well, she should go to them. But but you, the, okay, the union president David Robinson is coming out. He represents the Philadelphia Corrections officers, and says that they the in their defense. They are under increasingly difficult conditions. Uh, they're exhausted. Yeah. They're working these twelve-hour shifts. You know, I got to say this, and this is—I'm sticking up for females on this. It—it's—it's it's odd to me that it's a female that does the napping because Dawn is—is is a great example of this. My wife is a great example of this. Like when my when my son was was a baby, my wife could go like like weeks, yeah. m- months without getting. A good night's sleep, and she like it never seemed to phase right. her. Dawn seems to be the same way too. Most females are troopers. It's yes, it's yeah. usually the, the way we're wired. It's usually yeah. the guys that are like, and I know I'm like, I need my eight hours of sleep, or I'm not going to function the next God, day. I feel every day at eight thirty at night. <laughs> like I need, and my wife is just like, just just yeah. suck it up, yeah. go to bed, sweetheart. Yeah. No, that's that's the truth. It's yeah. the way we're it's we're wired because we're up with babies at night. So it's just it's it's shocking to me that it was a female that was napping. <laughs> yeah. And and I understand that a lot of these these officers are being r- ran ragged and stuff like Run. that. Run ragged. But like, you know, 
You can't have, you can't like use the, ex- my defense was, well, I've been working a lot, I fell asleep. It's not like you let somebody out that, you know, um, looted a, an AT&T store. A murderer escaped. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be responsibility and accountability. And I would say, honestly, as, mu- as much as I am pro-law enforcement and the authorities, uh, if it's too rough for you and you don't like it, nobody's forcing you to stay. That's a good point. You know, quit. Um, we will. I'll just headline the next two, and that is the Johnny Doc trial underway. Jury selection began yesterday. Obviously, power, very powerful former labor leader John Doherty is uh, set to appear now before this federal jury in Philadelphia, and on these embezzlement allegations from Local 98 of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. He and you know his fellow his co-defendants say that they are innocent of this. It's a witch hunt. But the trial, this is trial number two. So it's uh, beginning, uh, began yesterday. So I'll headline that one. And then Eric Trump will be in Manhattan. His his big brother, uh, Don Jr., testifying yesterday in Manhattan for that civil trial. That's the Letitia James civil proceeding. And Donald J. Trump, um, I believe, is Monday as well as Ivanka. is. It was Ivanka's birthday, by the way. On Monday. Just oh, was it? Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I didn't get her anything. She was, she was out with Kim Kardashian looking quite fabulous. Oh, she was? Yeah. yeah. She's 42. She looks all of 32. No, she's 42? Yeah, she, she's she not. Uh, she, she's she, gorgeous. She's actually not part of this trial, though, right? She's just a... Well, um, that's the... the go- As we talk about the golden child, we all know who the favorite child is in every family and... Come on, let's just say. Right. She's the golden child. Yeah. So so a judge... It's odd, it's odd <laughs> to me, too, that the golden child of the Trump family is the only one that doesn't appear to be a conservative. Just, <laughs> just saying. Just yeah, saying. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, she, and she take really... That, take that with what... For a... For what you will, and she really doesn't get involved too much in a lot of the, uh, you know, the uh, no. the choppy stuff. She's just a she's a loyal daughter, but uh, a judge had ruled. What did we reported on this last June? I want to say that they this had gone through the courts and they had said no, she had nothing to do with this. Right, and so this is Judge Angoron Angamoron. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say. I that. know, sorry, I can't. And uh, so it's it just to me it shows how personal it is. But they wanted to drag the kids back into it, especially her. Even though there were there were lower court rulings that said no, she you know she doesn't have to testify. She's not part of it. Well, so they're calling her back. Well, I mean Don Don Junior and Eric are so yeah. it, it makes sense. Well, Don Junior was in there for what two hours yesterday. Yeah, I think I saw, so. There was a, a long duration of. Uh, him being uh, in the spotlight, so he had, to speak. He had the courtroom cracking up from. Yeah, some, what, what, he some dropped the, the joke report, or something from some of the reports I read. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Charming. I don't uh, know. Yeah, if the, I mean, Gilfoyle was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. All right, let me talk about our sponsor, Holland Floor Covering, the region's premier flooring dealer, family operated for more than fifty years, providing exceptional service, professional installation. Visit their two showrooms, Wayne and Newtown. No charge samples, no obligation estimates. Learn more, hollandfloor.com. NBC 10 first alert forecast. Freeze alert until 10 o'clock this morning. Today, the high just 51 degrees. The sunny stretch continues through the weekend. And the warm-up begins for your tomorrow, for your Friday, because it's 60 tomorrow. And then for the weekend, mid-60s, the warmer day being Sunday, but 64 degrees the sunshine continues. That's your NBC 10 first alert forecast. Kale Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you much. Uh, thank you very much. By the way, you see the Rangers won the World Series last night. Um, I firmly believe the Phillies would have defeated them. I didn't watch one pitch of the World Series. No. Did anybody watch anything? Of it? I watched a few pitches. I, I, 
I honestly forgot that last night I know. it was on. I, yeah, it's just unbelievable. I just saw it pop up on Fox News with them celebrating. Wow. Figured I would mention well, didn't that. Didn't you say the ratings were down? Yeah, they lost to Monday Night Football. I mean, they were getting beat by everybody. It's the worst they've seen in in many, many, many years. Yeah, I agree. I can see why. All right, 617. Let's get to a Thursday Big Take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. Okay, the big take this morning, free speech, social media, and the Supreme Court. Buckle up. Free speech is essential. It's so important that it is literally the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. Social media, one could argue, is the most addictive force in modern culture today. And the Supreme Court has long been viewed as the court of last resort and the highest court in all of the land. So when you have these three forces and they collide, you better be paying attention. I want to focus in on two stories involving free speech and the Supreme Court, as well as one story about the dangerous addiction that social media poses to kids. That is coming front and center in a bipartisan way. In a story on CNBC, Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, are being sued by 42 attorney generals. This is a bipartisan effort by AGs in which they allege that certain features on Facebook and Instagram are addictive and are aimed at kids and teenagers. The lawsuits demonstrate the broad bipartisan interest in protecting kids and teens from online harm. Now, here are some of the details of this case directly from CNBC. Listen and watch the following. Some breaking news to tell you about. 33 attorneys general from across the United States are now suing Meta for allegedly endangering young users and profiting off the data harvested from them. The suit also alleging that Meta knows its platforms are addictive to its users, but that it does not disclose that fact. Remember, this follows a 2021 probe into Meta from several state AGs, alleging that the company promoted Instagram to children, despite knowing of potential harms it could have on their mental and physical health. Meta telling us for its part in a statement, we share the attorney general's commitment to providing teens with safe, positive experiences online and have already introduced over 30 tools to support teens and their families. We are disappointed that instead of working productively with the companies across the industry to create clear, age-appropriate standards for the many apps teens use, the attorneys general have chosen this path. Carl, they're apparently demanding a number of remedies, including civil penalties, meta stock right now, not reacting too much. It's off the highs of the day, but it is still higher. Keep in mind, it's also up more than 200 percent since last October and will report earnings this week. That audio and video courtesy of CNBC. So Meta designed its Facebook and Instagram products to keep young users on them for longer and repeatedly coming back, the attorney generals allege. Now, I personally believe that these AGs are absolutely correct in the way in which these social media giants manipulate the youth of today, not only with rigged algorithms, but also the science behind it, where the brain craves the need to go back to the social media app and see the reaction that they received or did not receive to a single post. Meta is facing a legitimate legal challenge when you consider the amount of support that this has garnered from people of various political backgrounds. I don't believe this is merely Republicans want to ban this in fear of indoctrination. I also don't believe this is progressives wanting to ban this in fear of different viewpoints. I think for the overwhelming majority of parents... Regardless of political ideologies, if you have a child who is on social media and you care even slightly about your kid and you're remotely involved in their daily lives, this does concern you. Now, Meta is facing a federal lawsuit that encompasses 33 states as one lump suit 
in the Northern District of California, while nine additional attorney generals for a total of 42 are filing separately. That according to a name that we are all familiar with here on this show, which is Letitia James, the AG of New York. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti said, quote, we have polarization the likes of which we have not seen since the Civil War. Colorado AG Phil Weiser said, quote, this is not a case that we know is going to be decided very quickly, but it's of the utmost importance. That's why we are using the resources we are and putting it atop a national agenda, end quote. So what is Meta being accused of? Well, according to the federal complaint, Meta made their app addictive through the design of its algorithms, its copious amounts of alerts, notifications, and the so-called infinite scroll-through platform feeds. The lawsuit also claims that it negatively impacts teens' mental health through social comparison or promoting body dysmorphia, which seems like something a lot of kids would do because they're seeking out likes and reposts or using those photo filters to alter the way they actually look. And as you'd expect, Meta is denying these effects, and AGs are saying around the country, you cannot credibly plead ignorance with this one. So who is to blame for this? Is it the social media giants or perhaps the parents? Or is it both? I think it's both, and here's why. Parents realized the impact of social media on their kids' lives during the pandemic when they were confined to doing nothing but endless scrolling and swiping when they were supposed to be learning virtually from home. Now, good parenting can limit some, if not a lot, of this, but this is also on Meta as well as every other big tech company, and here's why. Quote, Meta's own internal research documents show that it did have an awareness that its products harm young users. Indeed, internal studies that Meta commissioned and kept private until they were leaked by a whistleblower and publicly reported reveal that Meta has known for years about these serious harms associated with young users and their time spent on its platforms. Heck, I'm aware of it myself. It's hard for me to stay off of Twitter, especially with my job requiring me to be plugged in and dialed in to all the developing stories of the day. So what is the solution? A complete ban for minors? Probably not. Access at a certain age? I'm for that. Good parenting? I think we should all be for that. Or time limits per day? Sounds plausible to me. But this court case is worth following for sure. The other legal battle to follow beyond Biden v. Missouri is the Supreme Court wading into the social media free speech firestorm and how it could change the Internet forever. Think about that for a second. Free speech and the Internet, it's a, it's a part of our lives every single day. And according to The Hill, the Supreme Court of the United States will hear uh, an array of legal arguments this week and moving forward involving social media's free speech wars this term for the Supreme Court with a series of dicey cases that could reshape how public officials and U.S. government agencies operate online. I want you to take a listen to this. This is Laura Jarrett, NBC News legal analyst, talking about what's going on here. Listen and watch. But now some lower level public officials at the state level, um, in actually in California and Michigan, block people on social media and their constituents said, hey, that actually violates my First Amendment rights because you're using your personal platforms to talk about policies. And the arguments are undergoing right now at the Supreme Court. And the justices seem very sympathetic to this because they say in pointing to the former president, look, he was making policy announcements on those platforms, even though they were under his name. There were important things there 
you're restricting their ability to engage with public officials when you do that. It is such a fascinating argument and discussion. This hearing should give us some insight into how the justices view this issue of free speech on social media. What are some of the clues they have given us so far? And what could this mean in terms of, for us, implications beyond public officials? It's hard to know from oral argument where they're coming at it because they're pressing the lawyers always to try Mm -hmm. to make their best arguments. But look, this is not the only case they have in front of them this term. There's going to be other ones about free speech. They certainly heard some issues about social media last term, and they kind of left those undecided when it came to Twitter and Facebook. Uh, But this one, I I can see them actually siding with the people who say, hey, you cannot block us on social media. If you're going to use your platform in that way, you actually have to open it for everybody. So the issue at hand is whether public officials can constitutionally block their constituents on social media. And one of those cases involves a lakeside city manager in which Michigan is where it occurs, who decided he would block someone posting what he called creepy smiley emojis on his Facebook page amid criticism of the manager's COVID-19 pandemic response. Two other cases to be heard later this term are related to social media content moderation laws in the states of Texas and Florida. The central question is whether being blocked should be considered a state action, which makes them subject to the First Amendment. The constituents contend that the First Amendment applies because the officials of the government are using their accounts to post about their job and update community members. But the officials want the justices to adopt a more narrow viewpoint. Perhaps the best quote on the government overstepping their bounds came from Samuel Alito of the Supreme Court in Biden v. Missouri when he said the following, quote, at this time in the history of our country, what the court has done, I fear, will be seen by some as giving the government a green light to use heavy-handed tactics to skew the presentation of views on the medium that increasingly dominates the dissemination of news. That is almost unfortunate, end quote. And I agree with that opinion wholeheartedly. Now sure seems like a good time to address this once and for all and establish parameters here, especially with wars in the Middle East and Ukraine going on simultaneously, the massive amounts of misinformation that gets spewed daily, and the rise of bots and trolls on these social media apps. Oh, and by the way, we're just about a year away from an upcoming election. And while the First Amendment applies to free speech and the government's ability to intervene, it does not apply to private enterprise. That is, of course, until the government bullies private enterprise into shutting down the marketplace of ideas and the speech that comes from it. And that's the big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you want to jump in, thoughts and reactions, always welcomed. 855-839-1210 on social media at 1210WPHT. And, of course, you can be a part of the Kale & Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT and hit the like and subscribe buttons. We'll come back, get some thoughts on that. Also, RFK Jr., he's polling strong. He's impacting Donald Trump. And, by the way, Kennedy... He's got a lot of donors, and the money's starting to pile up. We'll get into that as we continue. Kale and Company, Nick Dawn and Greg, Thursday morning on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Start the NFL week off right tonight. <clears throat> Texas, uh, or the uh, Tennessee Titans at Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for tonight's game. I'm doing <clears throat> Derrick Henry for an anytime touchdown. Tennessee Titans on the money line and the under at 36 and a half. A ten dollar wager will will uh, score you seventy six bucks. 
All you have to do is place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Titans and Steelers, and you get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payday. You can build your own or choose, like I did, from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. It's in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. And is the official partner of 1210WPHT. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over, President of PA. Refund issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale & Company Podcast. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale & Company, as we continue live on this frigid cold Thursday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Interesting timing for a lot of these court cases when it comes to free speech, the First Amendment, what's going on in Texas, Florida, Michigan, everything I kind of highlighted there in the big take. Because, you know, we are just about one year away from the election coming up, and obviously people will be sharing their viewpoints and giving their opinions and sniping and going and battling back and forth with others on social media and, you know, trying to message uh, certain politicians and saying why they disagree. And, you know, we went through, I think, really a lot in the last three and a half years when it comes to the government and the suppression of free speech. So figured we would kind of tie some of those court cases that might not be on people's radars uh, into the big take this morning. So if you have any thoughts on that, you can certainly climb in on the phones, social media, the YouTube chat, any which way you would like. 855-839-1210. But we really should spend some time here on the factor that is RFK Jr. Um and I like I think this is one of those things that like obviously at the end of the day he's not going to win but he's going to be the fly in the ointment so to speak. He's going to be a thorn in the side. You look at the latest national Quinnipiac poll and when you look at just Joe Biden, Donald Trump, it is essentially a statistical tie. Uh Joe Biden leading Trump by 1.47% to 46%. But then when you throw in RFK Jr., it gives Biden a little bit more breathing room, so to speak. It gives Joe Biden a 39 point, uh, excuse me, a 39 percent advantage over Trump at 36 percent. So it gives him it gives him a bump from one point to three points because RFK Jr. in the latest Quinnipiac poll is polling at 22 percent. And I don't know that I have seen it that high. I've seen 20. I've seen 19, 17, 16 percent. I have not seen 22%. Then you throw in another variable, and that is Cornell West, and Biden's lead goes from three back down to one. So you would say and conclude that I think Cornell West helps Donald Trump. And, of course, from a primary standpoint, Trump is just obliterating everybody. He's up 49 points on DeSantis. Uh, He's got a 64% to 15% commanding lead in that regard. So we have talked about that on this show. Uh, we'll get to the money in a moment, but I do think now collectively, and if I'm wrong, somebody f- feel free to please correct me and speak up. I've seen more polls now where RFK hurts Trump than helps him. And I, I want to say it's probably four out of every five polls that I've seen. RFK has been a little bit of a hindrance to Trump because I think there are some people out there, and I don't think it's a, a major group of people but it's it's quantifiable 
that some people on the right see little elements of RFK that they like. Not everything, because he's into the climate thing, and but he, he's into free speech, he's into the anti-vax, and I know he doesn't like to be called anti-vax, but you know, he, by and large, he's pointed out a lot of the flaws of Big Pharma, and he's not a fan of how they operate without impunity. Um, he's a factor here. Yeah, I... I was getting a lot of tweets, you know, when I came out and said that I believe, I truly do believe it. And I know, like, look, look, there's been different polls that have shown different things. And you quoted a poll a couple weeks ago where where it looked like it was actually helping uh, Trump right. and not Biden. That was one of the few. Um, and I said at the time, I said, I said, it's, it's you know, these polls really are meaningless right now. We're, we're it's just we're, talk show fodder. We're a year out. And I still do agree with that even though it says what i really do believe i still think that it's 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 way too early however i got all of these tweets and people messaging me and showing me the thing about um rfk um wanting reparations or whatever it yeah. was and they're right. like you still think he's gonna siphon from he's Trump no, now he's no friend uh, to the right and and my answer is always yes i do because there's a there's a there's a group of Trump voters that are more liberal on a lot of things that just like Trump and 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 you know would will look at RFK as a as a different alternative and I know a lot of them personally mm-hmm. so I, I'm telling you that yes and these are people that probably would have voted for Trump so I'm telling you that I do think that that if he and now look, you know, he has to he's running as an independent, un you know, undeclared party or whatever like that. He's he has to raise a ton of money mm-hmm. to get on the ballots and like it's this is a huge uphill battle for him. So, you know, will he be a factor six months from now? I don't know. But you know, I think at this moment, if you looked at it right this moment, he siphons more from Trump than he does Biden. Dawn, your thoughts? I'm and I'm sign languaging Nick behind your back, Greg, because we're all in three different studios. Because mm-hmm. I just emailed you guys the Hill article. Okay. I don't know if you were referencing that, but where Trump Jr. was interviewed about this just yesterday. Oh, about mm. about RFK. Yes. Okay. So Jr. on RFK Jr. and Trump and Don Jr talking about it so he was saying that he felt it was a quote democrat plant to hurt his dad that's what trump that's what don jr said just last night i i don't i look to nbc I, I i can't dismiss that and i don't think it, it takes it's you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out the dems do not want rfk jr around we know that he was denied secret service protection so you kind of scorn him right you, you say, hey, you're not welcomed in this party. You're not like the rest of the family history and the lineage of being a Democrat. So you force his hand to become an independent. And we know that Democrats are diabolical. As bad as their policies are, they're not stupid people. They, they, they know what the agenda is and they know how to manipulate it. So you get him into the independent camp. And maybe you were at the, you arrived at the conclusion very early on in this process, whenever that might have been, that he would siphon away votes from Trump. I can't rule that out. I I think that's a valid point right there. But 
doesn't the money because you have another story there doesn't the money suggest that it's republican donors who are he's getting both okay so a politico analysis uh and if you want to read this story uh, i got this from the daily mail but they're citing uh, excerpts from politico rfk jr getting more donations from republicans than democrats but mixed polling still raises questions of whether he will hurt trump or biden more in a 2024 rematch but a Politico analysis found that $2 million of Kennedy's large donor dollar donations through September 30th came from supporters who previously gave money to Republicans. So $2 million from former supporters of Republicans, while $1.4 million came from those who previously contributed to Democrats. Another $5.1 million came from small-dollar donations, individuals who have given less than $200 and thus don't have to be tracked by the Federal Election Commission. In total, Kennedy raised $6.6 million, the bulk of his funds, from Americans who didn't give money in the 2016 or 2020 cycles through Act Blue, which is the Democratic donor portal, or Win Red, the Republican one. So I think it's smart that you're looking at where the money is going. Always follow the money, right? Right. Well, and that's tangible. That's something that we can point to and say that's real. That is, you know, those are everyday Americans or business people, business owners, and especially the fact that you're saying that they didn't, they were not activated previously, and now right. they are. I think all of that is significant. The you know the fact that they're donating to him because maybe they want an alternative kind of candidate. Mm-hmm. I'll try to find the sound on Don Jr. if you want it. He, yeah. he went on to say that uh, he did go on to say, because I guess um, DeSantis, Governor, Florida Governor DeSantis, who's a candidate, obviously, said that he thinks RFK Jr. hurts Trump mm-hmm. and Republicans. Right. But then the Don Jr. Um, thing on NBC last night where he was saying that he hopes that once people look at his voting record mm-hmm. he's very liberal yeah and he's not just a liberal you know he goes on and on but well let me ask you guys this because i i hate anecdotal things where it's like you pick one thing and see say mm-hmm. see this is how everything is going to be right. but let's just take take a for instance somebody like aaron Rodgers. if there was no rfk jr in the race do you think he's a biden voter no I don't think he's a Biden voter, but I also don't think Aaron Rodgers is a, is a true conservative. I think there's elements of Aaron okay. Rodgers that lean I, right. I'm not asking about his political. But you're saying Aaron Rodgers would vote for an R, go for an RFK Jr. I'm saying. Well, he's endorsed him he's, already. He's endorsed right? him. So I'm saying that if if RFK Jr. wasn't in the race, okay. So remove him from the equation. Would he vote for Trump or Biden? I believe Aaron Rodgers would vote for Trump. Yeah. Take Joe Rogan. I agree. If Joe Rogan, if there was no RFK Jr. in the race, is Joe is Joe Rogan voting for Trump or Biden? He's already said he vote for Trump. Or yeah. Biden. Mm-hmm. So I know it's two people. It's it's not a you know it's not a majority. Mm-hmm. It's not a scientific poll. I'm just telling you that yeah. that from the people I see yep. who are supporting RFK Jr. Yep. are the ones who would support Trump. In a Trump-Biden matchup, they mm-hmm. would support Trump. I, I, I've given you the example in, in my family where Kristen's uncle, crazy uncle Jim, is <laughs> part Bernie Sanders, part Alex Jones. He's got conspiracy theories on one end. He's Bernie Sanders uh, on re- the redistribution of wealth on the other end. But he was a Trump voter in 16, did not vote in 20. And I think, and I haven't talked to him specifically about this yet, but I do believe that he would vote for RFK Jr. because he loves free speech. 
He and he's a he's sixty. No, he's he's almost seventy years old now. He did not get the COVID vaccine, but he is also into the like. He drives a Toyota Prius hybrid. Like so, he's got like fringe on both sides to him, where he's so left and so right that, as we said, it kind of wraps back around and touches each other. That's him for sure. How many of those people out there exist? I don't know. Mike Carr on the YouTube chat writes, a lot of Trump supporters just hate politicians. They're not necessarily conservative. These are the ones who could easily flip to RFK. I agree, but I would also tell you guys that those are the people that won Trump the election. Mm -hmm. So you think these then in turn could be the ones that cost him the election? If it comes to a three-person race, yes, yeah. I do. Okay. I really believe that. And and to Don Jr.'s point about him being a Democrat plant, well, the Democrats don't really want Cornell West in there because mm-hmm. Cornell West, West siphons off votes from mm-hmm. Biden. There's no – I mean there's no overlap there. There's right. no Trump supporters right. that are supporting Cornell West. Trust me. Right. Um, so that theory kind of goes out the window mm-hmm. uh, with the Cornell West – well, and so why do we think that Cornell West is not welcomed and RFK Jr. is not welcomed? Is it because both of them won't fall in line in stride to a T with what the progressives and the squad Dems agenda is? Because we know Joe. Joe's – you say what you want about Joe Biden, but if he is remotely still with it mentally, you know he's not on board with some of the stuff that are in his policies. This, I mean, You go back 30 years ago. And I get it. People can change politically, for sure. People can flip. But Joe Biden is not a progressive squad dem. He's just not. Yeah. And we know that, like, you know, in his in his personal life with his like, he's not. So I think it's that they want a puppet in there, just a, a figurehead, literally a breathing corpse that will not be any in any way providing any resistance or pushback to the the larger agenda at play here. And I don't know that RFK would march to that beat or Cornell West would march to that beat. So they, that's why I think they want Joe because then they can hand it off to Kamala and continue with this same failed progressive policy that this whole administration Agreed. is about. Agreed. Cornell West is such a fringe candidate anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that like his I don't know where his support comes from, but you know, you talk about like basically communists and stuff like that. Like that's Cornell West. <laughs> right. But know? he's got I mean I'm so I'm looking at a week it's a week ago, but it's a, a Suffolk University USA Today poll. Okay. Cornell West four percent, JFK in that one had thirteen percent. So when you look at the razor thin margin between Biden and Trump, yep. thirty six, thirty seven ish. Then that thirteen and fourteen percent hurts, yep. and it especially I think in that poll, that snapshot, yep. it hurts. I would say Biden more, right, in that one. But to mm-hmm. your points, moving forward, people just are look. People are just angry, yep, and they're just. I think some people are just mad, and they 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 don't want to vote. Uh, maybe maybe they just feel like they're a non-voter, mm-hmm. and maybe they'd come out and vote for an alternative. Yeah. Well, that's that's the interesting thing about RFK is that it, he appeals, in my opinion, to a lot of the people who don't follow politics as closely mm-hmm. as we do, or you know, people uh, who watch MSNBC all the time, like th- the regular voter who just wants somebody in there who's not a Biden or a yeah. Trump or whatever. Like, like those are the people that are going to go for RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a huge appeal to those people. And look, you know, everybody talks about you know vaccine skepticism and everything like that. Like he's been on the forefront of this, and that's not a that's not a small minority no. of people. No, so. It's not. 
um, you know, he's he was really on to something. Well, just look at how many this. people have decided not to get the booster. Yeah. I, I, to, I mean, mm-hmm. Pfizer and Moderna stock is just plummeting right now yeah. uh, because nobody is getting the booster in this country this time around when it's being shoved down your throat in messaging and advertising. And, you know, Dawn said one of the greatest things I've ever heard when Dawn said Donald Trump didn't create the MAGA movement. He answered the movement. And I think you could also say that Donald Trump created another movement, not just MAGA from a Republican side of things, but this thirst for the American people to have to have the outsider to get away from the swamp creature, to bust up the deep state, to move on from the establishment. We're tired of the Bush family, the Clintons, the Obamas. Like, we're we're so, like, the gig is up. Everybody knows what's going on. But yet, sadly, you're stuck with, you know, this, what, quote two-party system which yeah. preach my, it brother preach it which in my lifetime i don't think we're ever gonna get i i think i will be zero dead chance. and gone there's, before there's a third yeah. party there's zero yeah. chance it's there's zero chance it's gonna happen it's so funny because you always hear these people who are just sick of both parties uncle magoo on the youtube chat uncle magoo's said, here yeah he said uh, people are sick of both parties i agree with you but yeah. when it actually comes down to it and there's just this choice between two. They they either sit it out or they pick one. Yep. So nobody actually does anything about it. That's but right. if you look True. at the if you look at this like the quote unquote center or the moderates or the middle of the country, like every there's a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. So you would think that there would be some sort of thirst for a third party, but it just doesn't. Nobody. It never seems to materialize. No. And you have to think that it's because the system. The power, the Democrats, the Republicans—they don't want it. No, of course so not. So if they don't want it, it ain't gonna happen. No, they don't want it. And but then again, as I've said in the past, you got to find who's the face of that third party, who's got the cachet and the swag and the voice and the power and the name recognition, and also more, and probably equally as importantly, where's the money coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is not a cheap thing to do. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. And then lastly, on the polling front, RFK, the money, and all that. You know, we have said on this show, and we've actually confirmed you know this will actually confirm a poll and a study that we brought up in july um the 2024 presidential race um uh, according to poll.q.edu uh this is a quinnipiac poll as well but it's kind of more of a a a statement so to speak that the presidential race stays static in the face of major events that according to Quinnipiac in their national poll, um, they say the following. Following a month marked by a war breaking out between Israel and Hamas, global tensions ratcheting up, a mass shooting, and a former president in court for a civil fraud trial, both the 2024 presidential primary races for each party and the general erect election race show little change, according to this poll. And I think this just confirms what we talked about in a poll and a study that we discussed in July, that from a PR nightmare, from a drama standpoint, from a controversy standpoint, all of this falls on deaf ears with the American public. You know, other than the... Trump numbers going up on the Republican primary side of things every time he gets indicted. By and large, Americans are immune, I think, to all of the ridiculous, salacious stuff that's going on from Trump's impeachment or from Trump's indictments to Joe Biden and, you know, business dealings and checks and his connection to his son, Hunter. I, I, I you know, you think about all of the stuff. Right, all of the uh, the content, all of the points of discussion that we have elaborated on for months on this show, 
And it really, by and large, hasn't moved that much. Yes, Trump's made a little move against Biden. Trump has extended against other people in the primary field. But here's my question, and I want people to think about this for a second. If, in fact, that is true, that basically everything stays status quo in the face of all of the adversity that's out there, is that a good or a bad thing? Because it makes me think there's one of two things at play here. Either people are checked out, they don't care, or they're just flat out uneducated and don't know what's actually going on. Like, I think most people on the left, they get their news from Facebook and Yahoo on their (laughs) phone. They are oblivious to what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are actually being accused of doing by James Comer and the House Oversight Committee. So it's either you're uneducated and you're checked out, or you just don't take the bait. Maybe there's just people out there that, unlike us as talk show hosts, look at all of this as you know fodder for conversation. Maybe those people out there just say, you know what, I don't care about the drama. I don't care about indictments or impeachments. Here's what I know. Here's what the economy was. Here's what the economy is. So forth. Whether that's in favor of Trump or not in favor of Trump. But I think there's just some people out there that they tune out the garbage and they just look at the quantifiable, measurable elements that impact their daily lives. Crime, the border, inflation, gas prices, so forth and yes. so on. That's the majority of people. Yeah, I, I, I think on both sides, unless yes. you are really in the weeds yes. on, on both sides with yep. all of these stories, yes. regardless of who you vote for and who's been accused of doing what behind Ag- the scenes. Agreed. All right. 855-839-1210, the number. We'll kick off hour number two. Dawn's got some news on the way. And when it comes to the left and Halloween, Don Lemon, Anthony Blinken, we've got some um, some conversations to be had. We'll do that as we kick off hour two after Dawn's news. It's Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Up at 3.30 in the morning, getting the dog out. Right now I'm doing Find My iPhone Boys, are you awake? Are you awake? Please respond. Every day is so hectic and so crazy and so busy, which is why I'm just picturing. I'm picturing a moment soon where you'll join me and we'll sip some limoncello and we'll view that beautiful sunset beyond the Isle of Capri. Oh, relaxing, beautiful trip of a lifetime. The Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, Capri. I hope you join me next spring as we discover the wonderful sights in southern Italy with my dear friends from Conservative Tours. Nobody does it better than Conservative Tours. The Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii. Enough time, of course, to see all the great sites, the ancient sites in Rome, all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 days of touring. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, wineries, oh, those tasting sessions. The group dining events, by the way, they're known for are legendary. You can ask Dom and Ro Giordano about that one. Fifty-two sixty-seven. That includes your airfare. It's nonstop while supplies last. You can go to conservativetours.com. Scroll down. You'll see my picture. Yes, my husband, Larry Menti, Lair Bear. You can call him Lair Bears. We tour together. I giggle. The boys, Michael and David, obviously. So it's our family trip of a lifetime. But you can also call toll-free 888-733-9494, conservativetours.com. And by the way, we're also going to find out why so many Italians take their vacations in Puglia. Because it's a best-kept secret. It's where the locals go. Puglia. Charming villages. Unparalleled cuisine. The best food you've ever tasted in your life. So unspoiled and authentically Italian. ConservativeTours.com. Let's do this together. 
next spring, Southern Italy. Conservativetours.com. Tom Dolan sent you. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745. Apparently, Stalker is going to try to uh, fix me up Uh with Caitlin Collins from CNN. (laughs) He's got a reason why, and I think I know where he's going, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Also, after Dawn's news this morning, one of Caitlin Collins' former co-workers and partners has a very interesting tradition that he has started on Halloween when it comes to dressing up. Uh, We'll get to that story, and also a couple of crazy stories in the world of just how how insane the left is when it comes to the woke mind virus. God, I hate even using that word anymore. DeSantis killed that word. He did. He ruined my enjoyment of that word because <laughs> I used to love to use that word, and he just butchered it. Uh, but Mustard. In, yeah, my, well, hold on. He didn't butcher that yet. Mustard. Yeah. <laughs> Been a while since we've used that. You know, by the way, I get random tweets oh, that aren't even in response to anything I say. People will just tweet me out of the blue one word. Do you think mustard? Let me ask you guys a question. <laughs> Do you think if we p- printed mustard T-shirts, people would buy them? Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yes. If I was somehow the, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was at the football high school football game at just different events, and people just walk by me and go mustard. <laughs> <laughs> crack off! It's so mustard. Funny. <laughs> yeah, and then we got the remake. Mustard, mustard. <laughs> Put a little mustard on your boots. If you uh, drop drop in the the YouTube chat, if we put it, if we if we have enough interest in there, I will I will see if we can print up some mustard oh, awesome. T shirts. I, I, I would also argue, and I know you never want to make it about yourself, Stalker, but I, I think if we created in the in the merch shop the picture of you with we start at six a.m., I think those would sell as yeah, well. I, I don't want this yes. to be about me. Okay. <laughs> I try really hard. I just don't. I give you credit for that. You right. stay out of that stuff. Um, must uh, mustard shirts. Let me see. Oh wow, it's a hundred percent yes, right? Now. <laughs> the only the only thing is we couldn't even use DeSantis's image on that because it would probably be like against the law or whatever to sell a T-shirt with his face on it without permission. I would assume. Yeah, no, it would just say the word just the word mustard. mustard. And then Kale and Company, morning I, six to ten. I don't okay. know. I, I would funny. be fine with that. You yeah. could show a Lucchese cowboy boot with a mustard spilled on the boot. <laughs> you know, it's something like that. I don't know. I'd love to know if those Lucchese boots and shoes, if the, you know, yeah. if uh, the sales on those yeah. after he claimed that his boots Well, were he just, claims they came, they came right off the rack. I think the question is, is that would you buy a mustard t-shirt? I, I would wear one on this show, I that's for sure. Would. I know you would. No doubt about it. All right, 855-839-1210. Uh, we're going to get to those stories and also a couple of crazy stories uh, in the world of wokeness, which spurned on that DeSantis comment there. Uh, in Pittsburgh, they are trying to eradicate white supremacy via math class. <laughs> we're going to get to that absurd story. And did you know that some birds' names are actually exclusionary and harmful? <gasps> Because they are based off of people that were deemed racist back in the day. So now we're going to get rid of certain names for birds. I think the woodpecker is still in play, uh, but there will be other stuff out there that could be going by the wayside. So if you're into birds, uh, stick around for that story. Uh, but let's get to the actual real pertinent news that matters. 705, around number two, the great Don Stensland. And good morning this November 2nd. Freeze warning in effect this morning until 10 o'clock. We are sponsored by Consumer Cellular. Um, I'll tell you that this morning there's a story on Axios that talks about the recovery of Philadelphia, 
We in Philadelphia rank 39th out of more than 50 major U.S. cities as far as the post-pandemic downtown recovery. And so maybe we'll go through that, but I just wanted to headline that for you as they look at zip codes and they look at the cities that have done a better job of recovering. Number one was Vegas, number two, El Paso, but um, number six was Miami as we go through. But Philadelphia ranking 39th in the nation. Just a thought on that. The mayor of Miami is Republican. Oh, that's true. I, I would think that's the largest city that is led by a Republican mayor. And I got to imagine, point. I'm guessing now Philadelphia 39th, you wonder why? Look at meatball, looting, rioting, what was going on downtown. No wonder why. I can't imagine any of the top 10 to 12 big cities short of Miami are anywhere remotely up there, are they? I'm assuming New York, L.A., Chicago, all probably down towards the bottom would be my guess, but that's just a, a guess. I think New York has done a better job than Philadelphia, oh. um, it, in my my opinion, but I thought we could go through it. I yeah. just wanted to headline it. That's interesting. I like that. Um, as you know, Because there's so much tragedy in Philadelphia, we've talked about the fact that uh, tonight is a, a vigil and a commemoration for the life of a 14-year-old boy, by all accounts from authorities by suburban police, as they search for a killer, uh, as a Bucks County family and community grieve school counselors at a local middle school there in in Ben Salem, Bucks County. This 14-year-old boy gunned down Halloween night, and he has been now identified officially as Peter Romano. He was a student at Snyder Middle School, and that's where the grief counselors are so this, as the community search and the police search for answers here, they still haven't, they still don't even have a great description of the person who fired about a dozen shots out of a vehicle onto a large crowd of mostly teenagers who were gathering 7.30 at night, Halloween night, Bristol Pike and Woodbine Avenue. And so police speaking out saying this 14-year-old does not appear to be involved in anything other than out with some other teens, trick-or-treating, and so just caught in crossfire. They, um, police also say they were giving more information last night that the 17 and 19 year old were, who were shot. One has been released from the hospital. The other underwent surgery, but is in stable condition, expected to fully recover. So the, the family just in grief here. And this middle school this morning has, uh, uh, has grief counselors on hand for the school, for the teachers, for the community, and then a vigil is planned for this evening, candlelight vigil. Mom and her 16-year-old daughter, I'll take you to West Philadelphia, they are recovering this morning after last night, about 7 o'clock last night. This is the 5700 block of Spruce Street in West Philadelphia. Philadelphia police say that um, mom and daughter, the family was home just after dinner. Somebody comes to the door, and when the when the man who came to the door realized that he had in fact, walked up to the wrong house, got angry, and shot into the front door, into the foyer area, the front vestibule area of the home, striking the mom and her 16-year-old daughter. Both are recovering and expected. These are not life-threatening injuries. However, both are recovering and need surgeries and a long road to recovery. And their only crime, if you will, inside their own home was this this, uh, violent individual was mad at him. Mm -hmm. Mad at himself and them, I guess, that he walked up to the wrong house. Yeah, we've reached a point now where a mom and daughter could go out of their house and uh, be going to get the mail or going to the grocery store and encounter somebody that uh, got taken to the wrong address because he doesn't know how to use MapQuest and he gets mad, he gets angry and shoots him.
That's where we are at society today. Very great. It's insanity. It is. And making national news now, um, this, this story of this newly released prison video <clears throat> inside the jail where, in fact, two men escaped, one of them a convicted killer from a Philadelphia jail earlier this year that we had talked about, and now in city council, DA Larry Krasner going through a play-by-play, if you will, showing, in fact, what the guards were doing when these two bad guys escaped from the prison. It took 10 days, you know, to get them back into custody. But essentially the headlines internationally at this point, because you see the video play-by-play, is that there were institutional mistakes here, including a guard who fell fast asleep. And at one point, the guard is supposed to um, is supposed to punch in the numbers because they have to every so many hours they have to do a head count, mm-hmm. and so the guard puts in the number, but merely you know doesn't physically do the count according allegedly. Right. But you see everything on the video. Well, I tell you, between this and Cavalcante, man, the the, uh, the prison security that makes people in the community feel good about it, don't they? Yes. I mean, that that's just it. There was one city council member whose brother is a prison guard who kind of was trying to speak out in defense of the prison guards, saying that they are short staffed. They are exhausted. They have a lot of mismanagement. So there was a back and forth. And this has created some arguments as far as management and and so on and so forth. But ultimately, if you look at that video, it's uh, to your point, Nick, it's it's disturbing. Mm hmm. I mean, this is a, a prison where there are, yeah, convicted murders. Right, so, hardened felons. Yeah. Um, we have the Johnny Doc trial underway, as I said. Jury selection started yesterday. Huge name in Philadelphia, John J. Doherty. And this is a federal trial here in front of a jury of his peers. That jury um, selection started yesterday. As I say, he is accused of embezzling more than $600,000 from Local 98 of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. And Doherty, as well as his co-defendant, they're facing serious prison time if convicted some 30 years behind bars. Doherty, obviously, uh, you know, pretty much a biggity-big in Philadelphia. Everybody knows who he is, somebody who is a bigger-than-life personality, and he says that he never would have betrayed his 5,000-member union. He represented them well and that, in fact, a lot of this money, he sa- he says in his defense, a lot of this money was spent on entertainment-type purposes mm-hmm. and was not in any way to betray the Brotherhood, but rather to serve the IBEW. Wow. So that's, uh, that trial uh, continues now, and he's had a lot of internal battles as far as paying his lawyers and, the, and that sort of thing. A jury in Illinois has ordered a Chicago-based country, Conagra Brands, to pay $7.1 million to a Pennsylvania woman who was badly injured. This was back in 2017 when a can of a commercial brand cooking spray ignited in a kitchen at her workplace and set her on fire, and she suffered serious injuries. God. So this was a verdict in favor of Tammy Reese, and she's from Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. And so I, I I don't know if you uh, you may have talked about this lawsuit at, at some point. It's been going on for quite some time. But the verdict is in saying that this swell cooking spray suddenly exploded into a fireball. And they're saying that she deserves more than seven million dollars. Uh, I'm all for that. Seven. So she was trying to use the spray like into like a skillet or a pan or something. And it just. Yes. Yes. Wow. And she suffered deep 
burns, uh, in her, especially in her head, yeah. face, arms, a lot of scar tissue. Yeah. The company says that when used properly, their cooking spray bans are perfectly fine. And so they're debating whether or not they'll contest this very large verdict. I remember a handful of years ago, this has to be close to a decade now. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember the name Hannah Storm, female sports anger yes. for a long time. She was trying to ignite her grill and it, it blew up in her face and she had to get like facial rec, you know, yes. reconstruction and plastic surgery. Like cooking can be dangerous sometimes. Wasn't she though? And I'm, I, the reason I remember her name is because I do this where if the igniter button doesn't work, I'll just take a match and, yeah. whoosh, and my husband always goes, Oh, you want to be like Hannah? Uh-huh. You know, yeah, be careful because I, but I think that's what she was doing. Yeah, I think so. We have all been there before. Yeah. Um, I just saw this. I Bobby Knight, legendary college basketball coach, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most legendary of all times, died at the age of 83. And so a lot of tributes going viral. Greatest um, quote he's ever given, Dawn. He said, when I die, I want to be buried face down so my critics can kiss my ASS. <laughs> I love that. In fact, I'm actually going to put that in my will as well. Yeah, but he was a great coach. Uh, three-time national champ and the movie Hoosiers. Wasn't that the name yes, of the movie, right? With That's correct. Uh, anyway, so Bobby Knight, um, 83 years young, and his family you know, out on social media thanking everybody for all their, their love uh, for him. We are sponsored this morning by Consumer Cellular, offering unlimited talk and text on every plan starting at $20 a month. Stay connected in rain, sleet, and snow with their premium nationwide 5G coverage. No contract, free activation. Visit ConsumerCellular.com. Switch today. Well, we don't have rain, sleet, or snow today. I guess that's the good news. But we do have freezing weather. So the freeze warning continues in the NBC10 first alert forecast this morning. We're out of it by about 11, 10, 10, 30, 11-ish. The warm-up begins. Mm -hmm. But it's only warming up to 51 degrees. Oh, great. (laughs) So it's still chilly today, but the warm-up truly begins tomorrow. 60 and sunny for your Friday. And then for the weekend, we're into the mid-60s, especially by Sunday. Uh, It looks like a a sunny stretch through Sunday with 64-ish degrees on Sunday. So at least the warm-up will happen for this weekend. This is Kale & Company News Live. Just in time for the Eagles-Cowboys, Sunday at 425. Thank you very much, Don. <laughs> By the way, Anthony Terenzo just sent me this tweet from our buddy Sean Farage. I didn't even think about this because I was so checked out on baseball once the Phillies were eliminated. With the Texas Rangers winning the World Series last night, apparently they are the only team in Major League Baseball that doesn't celebrate Pride Night in the month of June. And this comes also after, if you recall, in the summer where the Dodgers had that group in there that were mocking and ridiculing nuns so um and if you if you believe in all of that stuff mm-hmm. the dodgers with the anti-nun stuff and the rangers the one of what i guess there's 30 teams in major league baseball the only one that doesn't celebrate pride night um not sure that it really matters although <laughs> they just seem to get hot at the right time but kind of an interesting uh assessment from our buddy sean farage it is and whether or not you believe that it's god blessing them or something like that but i actually think it's it's more the distraction. Mm-hmm. I think so often, who, what's her name? I always say it wrong, wrong Rapino, Rapi- Megan Rapino. Yeah, her. I think part of it is, think about what Coach Nick Sirianni just said, right about Kenny. Gainwell. Mm-hmm. That, like, don't get distracted, stay focused. Right. 
think a lot of this stuff, you got to wear a rainbow, you got to wear this. You're gonna, I think it's all distra- a distraction to any team, mm-hmm. and you want the team to just have unity and focus on the game. Right. 855-839-1210. We will come back. Wait till you see what Don Lemon dressed up for Halloween. And Anthony Blinken, uh, this administration, I think, continues to be completely tone deaf. Wait till you see what he dressed his son up for. For Halloween. We'll get to that when we continue. It's Kale and Company live here on this Thursday morning. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. What's on the cut sheet? Well, you're going to find out in just over 20 minutes as we continue. Kale and Company rolling on this Thursday morning. Nick, Dawn, and Greg. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 855-839-1210 if you want to climb in. So Halloween has come and gone. Uh, three weeks from today, I believe, is Thanksgiving. It's going to be here before you know it. Yesterday, it was going viral on social media, the video of a bunch of kids uh, that dressed up one of their buddies as Joe Biden, trick-or-treating. And the kids were dressed as Secret Service agents. Going around neighborhoods, and they had this guy dressed up as Joe Biden in a suit, looking all presidential. He had a mask in the hair. It looked just like Joe Biden, and he just kept falling <laughs> everywhere he went. Up up the street, down steps, up steps, off the curb, on a front porch, trying to get candy. It was well done, and it was just absolutely hysterical. Um, but when it comes to Halloween, I wanted to just point out two things. We were going to get to Blinken yesterday, and we just ran out of time. But it's actually good because we've got Don Lemon as well. So um, l- l- let's get to uh, Don Lemon. Don, you better keep your mouth closed. <laughs> no, Don, you keep your mouth closed. You don't have a job right now. But Don Lemon apparently has created a new tradition in which Don Lemon for Halloween likes to dress up as a female, which is, you know, all good. So uh, a year after dressing as Meghan Markle for Halloween, the former CNN host, Don Lemon, showed up on social media Tuesday night dressed as Vice President Kamala Harris. <laughs> uh, I'd like to usher on everybody over to uh, YouTube if you're not wow. watching right now. Oh, my God. It looks just... I, I, <laughs> Oh my god, it looks just like her. It looks weird. If you're not if you're not on YouTube, get there. YouTube.com slash at twelve ten WPHT. So you've got uh Kamala dressed up as uh or excuse me, it says it it really does look like Kamala. It's Don Lemon dressed up as Kamala Harris, and Don Lemon's uh soon to be husband, his fiance, dressed up as Doug, Kamala's husband. And and until you actually really like focus your eyes in on it. I would argue this. He looks more like Kamala Harris than he does Don Lemon, which is weird because he is Don Lemon. Wow. How about that? That is amazing. How much do you think he enjoyed dressing up as Kamala? I think it was like one of his favorite days of the year. Yeah. 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 He's got a history of this. He did Meghan Markle last year. I mean, he didn't do Meghan Markle. He dressed up as her. He doesn't want to. Yeah. He doesn't want to do Meghan Markle. Mm. Um, And then. Wait, isn't that woman face? Is that? Oh, oh. It's, a great, it's a great question. Wow. Uh, uh, I'm Don Lemon, and you will respect me. Daniel, you will watch me. Daniel, Sean, if you could put that back up there again, too, for the people that uh, yes. have switched over just to see the photo. Yes. Just leave it up there for a couple of minutes. A lot of people reacting to this on social media. One person says, in the words of Kamala Harris, don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
another another Randy Randy Oren says Bud Light will be sending Donna can very soon. <laughs> oh, oh. Moral authority complex says another L for lemon. What? Yeah, Don. Yeah, Don. This is woman face, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not call him out? What? I know. What? <laughs> As fe- I think females should be triggered by this day, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, I'm, te- I'm obviously I'm teasing, of but of course you are. But uh, you know why? Why aren't the same tr- usual suspects being triggered? Uh-huh. Triggered by this? Yeah, this is just an homage. This is yeah. honoring our great vice president, <laughs> like Sonny Hostin or Hostin, whatever her name is on yeah. the View. Enjoy. They should be outraged I by would this be. woman face. Should be their opening segment today, right? <laughs> no doubt about it. Are we sure this is real and this isn't just... I, oh, according, like a... according to OutKick, this is uh, Don Lemon dressed okay. up as uh, Kamala Harris. And his. I, I guess uh, he's been engaged now to a man named Tim for four years. And people are wondering why uh, Don's slow-playing this and dragging him along. Oh. You know, if you did this to a female for four years, she'd be, she'd be mad, right? You, when are you gonna? When are we gonna officially tie the knot? Daniel, Four years. Daniel said it was on his Instagram. It's on his Instagram. Okay, so. Okay. So it's official. It's, it's on official. His yeah, if it's on his Instagram, it's Don Lemon's official <laughs> uh, verified. I'm assuming Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then you, we we've talked about this administration and their stances and just how tone deaf they can be. Remember, they decided to unfreeze money for Iran on September 11th. Like, I mean, seriously, you couldn't have waited until September 12th. So. We've known now for a while that the latest polling shows that Americans are supporting the financial funding at a lower rate for Ukraine than they have ever done before. Like, I think more Americans now, I think it's in the 40 percent, only 40 plus percent support the funding to Zelensky. So what does our secretary of state, Anthony Blinken, decide to dress his four year old son up as? Oh, no. Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. <laughs> oh my God! Go back to YouTube, or if you're there, stay there because we will post up the video now of his four-year-old son dressed in Zelensky garb. As you see, Zelensky, Jill Biden, I believe uh, that is Blinken's wife. How do we know that's Z- Zelensky? Like, because he's wearing the green the green camo. Okay, all right. Yeah, and apparently that was the the post that was posted. And uh, he wore the dark green sweatshirt. He has a box of M&Ms bearing the presidential seal. And he also is wearing the Ukraine blue and yellow flag on the, I guess that would be right the middle of the sweatshirt if you want to winch your eyes and see it. It's funny because, you know, my son is around this age and and he just he he was like so excited about what he could be for Halloween. You're telling me that they Mm -hmm. asked his his parents asked him what he wanted to be for Halloween and and they said and he said Zelensky your your kid chose Spider-Man right yes yeah so that's the difference right there between the Blinkens and the Stalkers. <laughs> One go Toby Maguire Spider-Man. The other guy goes, uh, let's dress him up like the guy that keeps getting handed blank check after blank check. Now, it is worth noting, and I oh. don't want to bury this, that Blinken's ancestors, uh, like Zelensky, uh, according to the New York Post in this story, which is where I got this from with the Halloween party, they are Ukrainian Jews. So it's not like Blinken has, you know, quote, no connection, so you. to speak. But even that being said, I, I don't know if I'm publicly t- and I'm the secretary of state for an administration that can't get out of their own way, um, whether the, the little kid decided that or the dad decided that or mom decided that. I think after further review, you say, you know what? What do you think about going as the Riddler, little boy? How about we go as the Riddler? 
Opelka's on the YouTube chat, and, he's, and he points out a good thing. He says the daughter is dressed as the Ukraine flag. If you look over... Oh, she is? I didn't even see her in the background. You're right. The, the blue and the gold. The blue and the gold, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, it runs deep. It <laughs> oh, runs man. deep. Man. So, so what would you... Ra- okay, so let's, let's ask the... Maybe we can have a poll question. No. Uh, if you had a boy or a girl, <laughs> would you rather dress your boy as Zelensky or your daughter as Kamala Harris? <laughs> Poll question <laughs> at YouTube. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the phone number. We will come back. The cut sheet's coming up in just about 15 minutes. But people have lost their ever-loving minds. I'm sorry. Old man, Dudley, old man Dudley on the YouTube chat says, Joe gave the Zelensky costume kid $24 billion of can and candy. <laughs> and gold and chocolate coins. Gold coins. And gold bars. <laughs> gold bar Bob. There yeah. you go. All right, we're back after this. Kale and Company Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, Thursday Night Football tonight, Tennessee and uh, Pittsburgh. The, how about this three-leg same game parlay? Derrick Henry to score an anytime touchdown. The uh, Tennessee Titans on the money on the money line and the under for total points scored at 36 and a half. Because right now, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for tonight's Thursday Night Football game against the Titans and the Steelers. And if you win, you'll get bonus bets back. Even if you don't win, you'll get bonus bets back. It's a great, great offer. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payday. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. So you don't, so you don't miss your chance... To get a no sweat same game parlay on America's number one sports book. It's in partnership with the Valley Forge Casino and is the official partner of 1210 WPHD FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over, President PA. Refund issues is not with trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Thursday morning, Nick Dawn and Greg, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at 1210WPHT. Pennsylvania janitor Fetterman checks in on Twitter and he sends us the following tweet. Funny, I bought scary teeth, tidy whities a scarf and a pipe, and I dressed my son as Hunter Biden for Halloween. <laughs> Joe Bin. And Joe Bin. There you go. Nice work out of Janitor Fetterman on Twitter. Janitor Fetterman. Although, what was the name of the guy that you mentioned earlier in the YouTube chat? Uncle Magoo. Uncle Magoo. Yeah. That might be my new favorite one. I, I love the creative names that a lot of these people come up with on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, YouTube. There's a lot of creative names up yeah, out there. very good. All right, a couple of stories in the world of woke absurdity before we get to the cut sheet, which is coming up at 7.45 this morning. And it's actually good timing that we're going to bring up this Pittsburgh public school story because we just spent a good portion of the 9 o'clock hour yesterday on the surge that we are seeing in the United States with homeschooling and how it's on the rise. Uh, and we gave you all the numbers, and then we kind of got into the conversation of whether or not homeschooling is the right move, you have other options, you know, Catholic school, charter school, private school. Uh, we have the concept of vouchers and, and school choice. Uh, and we, we had a lot of phone calls, a lot of tweets yesterday uh, in response to the three of us kind of chopping that conversation up. Uh, but this might actually be a story that if you were contemplating and you have the resources to do the homeschooling, you might want to. 
Because you never know, your kid could come home from school and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, um, we are now actually learning how to eradicate white supremacy in math class. That's right. I think five minus three is two answers. Five minus three is two, but five minus three is also racist, and it's it's a sign of white supremacy. So this story coming out on foxnews.com, right in the state of Pennsylvania, out west in Pittsburgh, as a Pittsburgh public school approves a measure to instruct teachers on white supremacy in math class. The board voted to shell out $50,000 for the anti-racist math workshops, that is your, at a public school, that is your tax dollars, where instead of learning the square root of 64 being 8, you're realizing that you know white supremacy is a mathematical equation here. So the Pittsburgh Public School Board has voted to hire a consulting group. Gotta love the consultants, right? They might actually be worse than lawyers. I didn't think that was the case, but in many aspects of life, I do think consultants could be the lowest of the low. Uh, a group that will educate teachers on how to replace white supremacy culture practices in math instruction with methods that center on the, quote, wellness of students of color. On October 25th, the board approved the measure to give Quetzal Education Count, uh, Consulting, $50,000 to dismantle racism because it's running amok in schools, and they will do that in math class. As reported by the Center Square, the consulting group states that its workshops teach anti-racist math and will help equip teachers with tools to identify, disrupt, and replace practices that perpetuate white supremacy. The move will provide the school with, quote, additional foundational knowledge of anti-racist math and tangible learning experiences that can be implemented with students. They go on to say in the workshop, it will confront oppressive practices in math instruction with practices that center the wellness of students of color and to provide opportunities for math departments and the math teachers to grow their anti-racist math praxis collaboratively with instruction the purpose of this series is to equip educators who have completed the anti-racist math workshop series edition one because there's multiple editions apparently to develop and learn and lead towards a more cohesive and aligned math instruction in classrooms departments and schools participants will learn how to train others in the topic of anti-racist math as well as those who identify with issues of equity. There's that key word, but folks, pay attention. Equity in math spaces, the school tab added. You know, Dawn, Greg, when I was in school and we were in math, all I ever wanted was one of those big Texas instruments calculators. Remember those? those yes, were the real expensive. They were very expensive. They were the high roller calculator, but if you had one, you felt like your chances of doing well in math class and your status amongst your fellow sixth graders was boosted. Now fast forward to 2023, and we are trying to dismantle white supremacy via consultants who have created a workshop, have stolen $50,000 of taxpayer dollars, and have implied that somehow math is actually one of the roots of racism, specifically white supremacy. I don't know about you, but I'm actually going to start looking up during the next commercial break how much it will cost to homeschool my ch- my children. <laughs> I can't imagine if my daughters came home from school and said that to me as I'm like zoned out doing whatever or making dinner or whatever it is. And I'm like, wait, what, wait, Kristen, what did, what did Olivia just say? 
white supremacy in math class? Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. I, I think these are the mm-hmm. things. You know, it's really odd when we talk about schools. They the the, the left wing ideologies that are running amok. It's they basically just throw a bunch of words onto any class or any subject to further push an agenda that, like I've been saying, I think the demand for it far outweighs the supply. You know, you hear words like diversity and equity and inclusion, and now now we've got white supremacy in math class. I would like to actually really, honest to God, I would love to sit in that class and just observe and try to understand and process where these teachers are coming from, from the training that they've received at this uh, apparently edition one of a workshop. So I'm looking up this Quetzal or Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L, Quetzal Education Consulting. Yeah. We are black and brown women-led educational consulting firm, and the word woman Mm -hmm. is spelled W-O-M-X-N. Oh. Because they're uh, black, queer, indigenous women. Gotcha. So the X oh, okay. uh, educational consulting firm with a national network of te- national network mm-hmm. coming soon to Philadelphia, no doubt. No, there's no question. Right? right. Teachers, administrators, community organizers, and through innovative content and approaches, we support your anti-racist goals. Mm-hmm. In math to, class. Yeah, to disrupt oppression in classes like math. But it looks like uh, coming soon to English class, too. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's I not mean, just math. If I, if I, if I was going <laughs> to guess, if you told me that this was a how to eliminate white supremacy being taught in a curriculum at a school district, and you, I had to guess which subject within that parameter it was being taught, I would say either social studies, perhaps English, probably not science, although I'm waiting for the, the scientific study to come out that says you have it in your biology that you are a white supremacist and racist. I never would have thought it would have came via the math class, but here we are. But it's 2023. I shouldn't be shocked, right? I mean, yeah, and they're based in, I think they were based in Sacramento and based in California. Yeah, where, all, where all the craziness is based. <laughs> yeah. But to me, I mean, if somebody is, and I know that they are, they say that they, they also, you know, they embrace educators but if the first thing you say yeah. is your skin color and your gender identity, et cetera, right. I would say, hmm, why isn't the first thing you say about your math skills or your proficiency right. or do you know what I'm saying? Right. What are your degrees? That's how they define themselves. Can you imagine your child? Maybe he has a C plus in whatever math class this is being taught and he hasn't gotten to or she hasn't gotten to the level that you as a parent want. And then you find out that this is being taught while you're child or whatever is you know maybe not at the level that you would like them to be in oh i don't know the stuff that they're actually supposedly being taught in class that was just a thought i had last night but mm-hmm. you know. they serve by the way uh nashville tennessee other oh, of cities, new york city department of education uh-huh um pittsburgh is up there i don't see philadelphia yet it will be it but will be a lot of school districts and a lot of cities across america yeah and by the like way, the, virus. And the, the fact that that's being taught in Nashville, trust me, that having lived there for four and a half years, that doesn't come from people that were born and raised in Nashville. That comes from the transplants that have moved to Nashville from California, New York, or Pennsylvania. All right, 855-839-1210. I'll save this bird story for after the cut sheet. We are right on time like we've been wow. lately. How about that? 745 in eight seconds. Let's get to round one. Yesterday of, we weren't. That's right. Well, we went deep with it. We had a good conversation going about something. Yeah. Forget what it Probably was. The homeschooling. Uh, no, that, no, that was homeschooling not, was later. It was a nine o'clock hour yesterday. I forget what it was. It's always it was always good conversations. <laughs> Damn right. Let's get to what's on the cut sheet. <laughs> what's on the cut sheet?
Cheese. What's on the cut sheet on this Thursday? Is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve because they always go the extra mile for their customers. Because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 at Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. I want to have a conversation with you guys. I kind of think I know where Dawn's going to fall, but I'm just curious, uh, Nick. And I think this is an interesting conversation. I don't know if you saw this. This made the rounds yesterday on social media and all kinds of stuff, but Fox Sports NBA analysis Chris Broussard yep. is facing serious backlash online for asking if NBA superstar James Harden is um, uh, the R-word. Okay. Don, you know the R-word I'm referring to, right? As in mentally slow. Yes. Right. For those that are offended by He the said word. the word live on air. So let me... I. I I kind of went around the room yesterday when mm-hmm. I was discussing this, and I was like, do I beep that word out? I say no, uh, and I have firsthand knowledge of the word, having lived in that space, so to speak. And That's I can, your I, sister-in-law. I, correct, is, correct. Dawn, I can I can elaborate. Dawn, what, what is your uh, journalistic... I'm playing a clip. We're, I'm not going to say the word. Should I play? Should I play it, or should I beep it out? I think you should play it. Because I think it's the context of when you use that word with who you use it that really should matter. And by the way, Chris Broussard, super woke. Um, and I feel I'm going to defend somebody that's super woke that made a mistake yep. that I don't think should be. So this happened on the first things first uh, uh, show on what's this Fox Sports One. That's right? correct. Uh, they were discussing James Harden, Philadelphia 76 or former uh, Philadelphia 76 are being traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Los Angeles Clippers when the conversation shifted on how well Harden would fit into the Clippers. Uh, Broussard and host Nick Wright had disagreements, so they went back and forth with it, and then that's where this word came up. Dawn, uh, you get the final say. Yes or no, should I air the should I air the uh, clip or not? Or the, uh, the word I would not? beep it. Yeah. Okay. Fine by me. I did. Okay. And, and and it bugs me. It bugs me a lot because I look. I get it. I know words change. Like what mm-hmm. was acceptable in the '90s is not acceptable now. I don't know right. if it was ever acceptable, but words that we used in the '90s, you know, in the '80s, whatever, is not acceptable now. But it's I don't know. He's 55 years old. Okay, this okay. is this is a Fox Sports uh, uh, host or guest, Chris Broussard, talking about James Harden yesterday. Uh, cut one, guys, go. They don't have to play as many minutes. And you don't need to put as much pressure on them to carry you. Now he can do it. I think all things ideally, he'll average about 17 points and 10 assists a game. That's That's impossible? Well, no. I mean, he will be miserable. No, no. I don't think think he's all. Look, he, he is an elite playmaker as well. He talked about going to Houston to be the old James Harden because he thought that's what they needed. They didn't have anybody else when he was talking that he wanted. But he's he's not going back I, to that. Okay. If he was, I, why would he ever say I want to go to the Clippers in the first place? Because they're the only he team knows he's going to be the third option. They're the only team that can pay him, but and, he, and they're a desperate. But he's not going to be. Right. You think he thinks he's going to play like he did? I in think Houston? I think he's not going to get to play the way he wants, and he's going to move. Course, and it's not going to work well. Nick, I what? James, I is think, the I, man retired? I mean, I shouldn't use that word, but sure. Developmentally disabled? Sure. To think that he is going to go 
to the Clippers where they have Kawhi Leonard as the number one option, Paul George as the number two, and still Russell Westbrook there he, and think that he's going to he, okay. shoot 25 I'm, times I, a night? Listen, I didn't know what you were going to say tonight, today. I'm, I'm shocked. This is not going to work. What, what's let me let me apologize for using that word. Oh. I, I have a, a my first cousin. I Some producers in his ear. Yep. He died a few months ago, a month or two ago. He was developmentally disabled, so it, I didn't. I, think, I didn't mean to use that course, word. Of course, of course. I don't. I, I apologize I think, to the audience. And oh, well, that's yeah. that's very kind of you. I, I don't think anyone would kill you for it. Um, uh, that, well, that's that's. Clearly he's, not the case. He's being he, destroyed he by it. Yeah. Uh, for it now, Chris Broussard is super woke, and Nick Wright, who he's uh, debating with there, that guy that with the long hair, the white guy, he is also super left wing. Uh, but this is a classic case of where woke is going to eat woke because the left now is coming for somebody that identifies in their own category, so to speak, of all the left wing num- mumbo jumbo. And let's be honest, as guys in a sports setting, in a locker room setting, uh, playing video games. Dude, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit, yeah. I, I use the word all the time. Yes, will, and I've, I've used younger. that so many times when I was younger, and I've probably used it a few times in select spots as an adult at 18-plus years old. But when I started dating Kristen at 18 and I met her family, I met her sister, who has Down syndrome, and they have, obviously, I think it's either one too many chromosomes or one less, but either way, there is the uh, retarding of the development of where they need to be from a, a mental and cognitive standpoint. And I remember, after a couple of years... I had the conversation over you know, drinks or whatever with her parents and her and not not a Laura who has Downs in her, but her sister. And I'm like, so, like, are you guys bothered by if somebody uses that word in everyday life? And they said, no. They said, I would be offended if you pointed at my daughter and said she's a R. Yeah. Like that. Of course. But in the context of busting chops and making fun of each other, they weren't offended by it. So that's kind of like the the school of thought that I adopted. And I don't think that this guy should be getting, as much as I dislike him from a political yep. standpoint, the fact that he's, people are calling for his job over that, I mean, come on, give me a break. Well, I would say, if you look up all the associations, ARC or um, the Pennsylvania Association of Our Citizens, mm-hmm. so well, the first thing we should do nationally, even under the JFK Library, because remember the, the Kennedy family, right, um, that they were big in because they had um, some mentally disabled individuals in, the, in their family. It was quite famous and disabled folks. But the NARC and the National Association of Our Children, I would just take that word. Truthfully, it, it became derogatory at some point, And so little it, kids, I have a sister-in-law, and she walked her, her older brother to school who was mentally disabled. And, mm-hmm. and so she, that word to her, to many of my relatives, you know, with, and kids with autism and so on and so forth, they are called that word as a derogatory bully word. But it used, so for a lot of people, it's just it's it, just hurtful. But take it out of all these association it, names for crying out but loud. But wasn't the official phrase, or I don't want to say diagnosis, but a clinical term, wasn't a clinical Men- term mental retardation? Yes, it is. Mentally retarded, right? right. But yeah. the problem with it is the word is actually a good a good word because it means you're going backwards, right. you're regressing. Like society. Right, or, or like your brain when you have a when you have a kid, and like for I know what I I felt like my brain was going backwards. Right when you have a baby and you're sleepless, and for Greg Stocker, he's talked about that with fairly recently with with having a baby and this having a young son. So the word is actually if they took it out of 
That's that's the point I'm making. They should take it out of government, take it out of these associations, because in truth, your in-law, Nick, right, your your sister-in-law mm-hmm. who has Down syndrome, right. she has grown. There was a time when they institutionalized these kids and they just said, oh, yeah. they can never. But in fact, Maria Montessori, that's the whole Montessori education, that was the miracle of Montessori, right? Yeah. She was 100 years ago. A lady who was ahead of her time, given all the kids who were mentally disabled, mm-hmm. she proved she could teach them to read. And you know what I mean? So that the real conversation should be take that word out of anything that references people who have developmental disabilities, but in fact are not going backwards. They're going forwards. I, uh, my question is, is that that used to be the PC word, though, because if I remember correctly, and I think I, I read this somewhere the term used to be moron mm-hmm. and then they changed it to retarded to be more PC. And then that, that, that word became not PC anymore. So right. it's deemed defensive now. Right. So people don't, and it's, you know, like somebody on the YouTube chat says, says, you know, about airing the word, like, what does the FCC say? Like, it's not about, it's not about the FCC. No, it's about just it's not one of the banned words. I, I also look, look, you know, this station has a microscope on on it all the time right and if we say anything out of line or we do anything there's going to be pickets there's going to be like mm-hmm. there's going to be people that are going to be breathing down our neck they're going to boycott our sponsors and yeah. so that's more what i'm concerned about. i just think the context of it matters like i said before like if somebody would point at somebody that has down syndrome or any other developmental disability and say haha look at that r word of course that's way out of line but like you know i Two summers ago, let's just say, uh, I'm at a fantasy football draft, and somebody took Dak Prescott in the first round, and I look over and I say, oh, man, you're a R. Why would you take Dak Prescott? That's <laughs> look, look, like, is that offensive? I, to me, it shouldn't be. That's the other thing, too, is the is if you take the ED off of it and right. just call somebody. Right. R-E-T-A-R-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, th- T? No, D. D. Or D, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. See, I should, I should just let you finish your point. Sweet tarts. Who wants sweet tarts? I got Smarties and sweet tarts. Your favorite candy. That was cute. Yeah, that's a promo. So I'm just, I'm, my, you know, my thing on this is like, we just, because this word now is deemed offensive, now it has to be, but the guy's 55 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's not, that word was, it may not have been acceptable, but it was, it was used a lot in the 80s and 90s. And he corrected himself in the segment. Exactly. Like, you know, God. Well, because Nick Wright was like, ah, I wouldn't use that term. Right, but, right. And then some producer was like, hey man, just uh, issue an apology. So, social media went nuts. Yeah. Uh, well, of course. Social, just, see, we got to stop letting social media dictate who gets punished for what and how long they should be held in, uh, in prison. In, in social media prison before they can move on from their their one time moment of slip up. So this is uh, this is just a little uh, sampling of it. Somebody wrote F Chris Broussard and anyone who uses this word F them. Okay. Uh, somebody else says Broussard is a jackass. I hope this is the thing that finally gets him off the air. All right. So well, let me, but let me let me let me pull a, a Greg Stalker here and let me flip this around. Uh, if if uh, Donald Trump said that word, would you be saying cancel Trump? If Tucker Carlson said that, would you be because he's on the left? See, you're either on cancel culture team or you're not a part of cancel culture. I don't look at these sides. I look at the context of what it was said as. And to me, in that setting, heat of the moment, arguing over James Harden's stupidity because James Harden has done some really goofy things in his career. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that there. By the way, these are, are not our listeners that are saying this. Oh. This was the reaction on social media. Okay, well, anyway. Like right when it happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody wrote, congrats, you are now 
unemployed? Well, that's that's the question. Do you think he <clears throat> do you think he gets no fired because of this? No, no. And I, but you know what? Sadly, I think identity politics plays into this. I think if this was somebody that what might be a conservative now, if he's on Very a conservative, if he's on a conservative outlet, he's probably not going to get fired because cancel culture is part of what we try to rail against. But I do think who you are and how you identify plays into what type of slack or rope you are given with second chances or if you're immediately just going to be zipped by the wayside because a bunch of people have nothing else to do with their life but complain on social media yeah i think the fact that he i mean within seconds apologized and then went into the fact that a beloved relative of his who had you know uh, intellectual or developmental disabilities just passed away Mm -hmm. um the fact that he like you're saying in fact, that he's on yeah. more of a, a liberal and he's, by the way, he's, and not that this should matter. Guy. Not that this should matter. He's a very religious guy. He he talks about his religion all the time. I, I don't think that came from a place of, of hate or anything yeah. like that. Like, if I'm his boss, if I'm his brand manager, I just shoot him a text like, appreciate you making that correction. Yeah. No big deal. Just move on. Yeah, I think I will say this, that when somebody in a very you know raw moment like that and he says that word and then within seconds... You know, they kind of talked over him, which, well, they did talk over him, which I wish they didn't. Right. Let the man, let him apologize. And they were just talking over him. It was really rude. And he was genuinely apologizing. But I accept his apology. Yeah. I actually think these conversations like ours just increase awareness for the fact that it's, it's really hurtful for anybody who has somebody in their family that gets called that word. And that's why. That's why people hate it, because they know their kid, they know how hurtful it is, that mm-hmm. their kid came home and, you know, that the, the teacher called and they, they were calling your kid this, the other thing. It's because it's a, a bully word for right. kids. Yep. Uh, somebody else writes, uh, not sure what's worse, thinking correcting to developmentally disabled makes it better or that it's somehow fine because of his cousin, because he... To Don's point, he referenced mm. his cousin. Well, but I think at least shows that, if, like, again, context matters. Like, he's he's lived in a, a, a circle in a group of people that has dealt with having that sort of mental, you know, developmental issue. So, I mean, it, well, my point that I was making to the to the point of the um the the tweet that went out, or the or maybe it's on YouTube. I'm not sure, but my point was he within seconds realized he had said a word yes. that he feel that he knows he, sh- he shouldn't have said, especially what that told me was his own family is furious probably with him. He has to face his own family members are going to say, you know, we don't use that word in our family or something to that effect. So, but I, I think it was a genuine apology and I don't know whether or not the guests on the show, cause he's, he's not a regular, is he? Is he? No, he's one of the regular two hosts. Oh, he yes, okay. he is. Yeah, him and Nick Wright co-host the show together. I don't even know that the producer said something. I felt it was genuine mm-hmm. where he just realized yeah. he said that and it, it was a bad moment for him. So I think in that moment, no, I don't care what his politics is. I think he, he I felt it was genuine. Yeah. That he, so do I. You know. Yeah. <sighs> well, I, I'm just, it's, I, I like your point though that it, where he said it, I think matters, mm-hmm. and I think that if somebody on this station were to oh, have yeah. Yeah, slipped up and said it, they would be fired. Not by me, because I, I look, I, I think mistakes happen. We all talk for a long time every mm-hmm. day, and sometimes we don't say things that eloquently. Um, and it's a word 
that used to be in the vocabulary, right or wrong, mm-hmm. it used to be in the vocabulary with people, yeah. you know, not that long ago. Right. I know songs literally were called that word. Mm-hmm. My my problem with a lot of these these types of situations where it's really not that big of a deal, but social media amplifies it, where once again, Twitter is not real life. Just because 13 people tweeted at Chris Broussard that he should be fired. And that's the thing that has always bothered me is when decision makers yep. don't think it's a big deal, but then backpedal on their app, ah, we'll just let it go. It'll, and they, they react uh, in a, rea- in a um, uh, not in a proactive way, but in, in a reactive way to what a, a, a select few are griping about because they have nothing else to do but to watch, first of all, Watching that show is painful enough, and and then actually griping about it on social media. Yeah, I'm I'm just so tired of these people that hate their lives and want to ruin everybody else's because of one word slip up. Get get lost. Was the Black Eyed Peas song? Didn't they have to change the lyrics? Was it who the Black Eyed Peas? Black Eyed Peas. It was Let's Get Arted. No, I think it was just Let's Get It. Let's Get It Started. Right. Yeah. But they had so they had to change it. Shame on me for even knowing the song you're referencing. No, no, it's called Let's Get It Started. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But initially the words were the R word. They were forced to change. Is that true? Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Really? I'm Mm -hmm. calling calling Fugazi on that story. Look it up. All right. Wow. That was like, what? That was almost 20 years ago that song came out. We know that there's a huge um, anti Semitism movement that's happening right now in the United States of America. And actually, I would say. Across the world right mm-hmm. now, yep. uh, people's uh, true colors are showing right now. Uh, so, what does the Biden Harris administration do to protect uh, the Jewish people? Uh, they are announcing the country's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. Not counter anti-Semitism. Nope. nope. Counter Islamophobia. Yep. Uh, that makes that's well that's yep. right on par. Uh, Cut 12. This is Kamala Harris announcing this. Cut 12 here. uh, Go. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. This strategy will be a comprehensive and detailed plan to protect Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim from hate, bigotry, and violence, and to address the concern that some government policies may discriminate against Muslims. For example, the so-called Muslim ban, which President Biden revoked on our first day in office. So here's the bottom line. In America, no one should be made to fight hate alone. And in this moment, then, let us all clearly say, a harm against any one of us is a harm against all of us. Oh, my God. How does... Oh, my God. How does... Uh, Chris Persard's online, too. He's got some reactions <laughs> to what Kamala just said. How does this administration always seem to miss the mark? Like, they don't even miss the mark. They don't even come close to hitting it. Not even. They couldn't hit the mark if it, they dropped out of an airplane. Like, this is unbelievable. You have a group of people, and I know we have a, a Harvard student that was under really uh, tough circumstances, and we can maybe play that video as well, uh, by pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas supporters on campus. I I don't understand how you can have roughly 1,400 people slaughtered. You can have prisoners and hostages. I believe now I saw the number this morning with Americans. There's 400 American citizens that are stuck over there. 
And the quick, not even 180, this is a 360-degree pivot yep. away from the agitators and the escalators of this violence on October 7th. And now it's a cause to create for the protection and the education of derooting Islamophobia and the fear of whatever they're saying people are fearful of. If I'm Jewish, which I'm not, I would be completely offended this morning. And I'm not one who's usually offended. I agree. It's it's very it's very tone deaf. They seem to well, here's the here's the problem is that I saw a poll Crystalis I think tweeted it out the other day and uh, forgive me I didn't print it or memorize it so I'm just going by memory here but mm-hmm. I think it's like it, it's something about how much um the Muslim community has the Biden administration has lost the Muslim community as far as voting goes. Right. And I think this is placating that. Because they saw those poll numbers, they're like, "We got to do something." Right, we got to pander to them publicly to reboost support. But you see all of this, all of this Jewish hatred that is happening right now, all around the world, literally all around the world. Like it, it is a, you know, you have Jewish people literally scared for their lives, and this administration is like, "Well, we need to counter Islamophobia." Like, are you kidding? I, it's just. Um, I mean, at the very least, can't you just say um, you're going to counter both, right? Anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, even if you want to straddle the fence and play it down the middle. But to make one one like stern policy decision while completely omitting the group of people that are under attack here yeah. for, for no reason. And, oh, by the way, they have the right to defend themselves, which one other thing on this front, too. This whole stuff with ceasefire talks, that doesn't fly. You don't get to be the agitator, kill 1,400 people, hold hostages, and then expect a ceasefire. If you want a ceasefire, then you release the hostages. Then we can talk. President Biden said he wants a pause right now. Yeah, he wants but, a, not a ceasefire. I mean, it's a pause. Okay. Sure. The White but, House is calling it. But release but, the hostages. <clears throat> yeah. um, well, let me just say, let me just play that there. And then I want to get back to the Islamophobia, too, because it wasn't just uh, Kamala Harris who said it yesterday. A Biden uh, spokeswoman uh, said it yesterday while she was on Air Force One to some um, some of the press. But this was Joe Biden yesterday saying uh, that we're, we're doing the first evacuations from Gaza. Uh, he said this yesterday, cut two. Before, uh, before I start today, I'd like to say a few words about the latest developments in the Gaza Strip uh, in Israel. Today, uh, thanks to concerted American leadership, we're in a situation where safe passage for wounded Palestinians and foreign nationals to exit Gaza has started. The American citizens are able to exit today as part of the first group of probably over a thousand We'll see more of this process going on in the coming days. Working nonstop to get Americans out of Gaza as soon and as safely as possible. This is the result of intense and urgent American diplomacy with our partners in the region. I personally spent a lot of time speaking with the Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel and the President Sisi of Egypt and others to make sure that we could open this access for people to get out. I want to thank our partners in the region, and particularly Qatar, who've worked so closely with us to support negotiations to to facilitate the departure of these citizens. At the same time, we're continuing working to significantly step up the flow of critical 
humanitarian assistance in the Gaza. So there you go. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, the, they're going to be releasing hostages. I, I just I don't know. You know, it's funny you talk about the uh, the humanitarian aid at the end there and boosting that. I mentioned this yesterday. There, there are twelve hundred trucks that are there to offer this type of aid and assistance. Yeah. Yet Hamas doesn't want it. They've only allowed in four hundred. That's one third of the potential manpower and resources. They they like having their own citizens feel the pain, so to speak, because they use that politically to continue pushing their agenda against Israel. Uh, This is what I was speaking about earlier. This is Biden's spokeswoman, Emily Simons, um, talking about the hurting that the people are feeling, especially Muslim and Arab American communities. Nothing, nothing about the Jewish communities. Yep. Nothing. Well, I'll give you the chain of command here, but go ahead. Cut eight, go. We know that people are hurting. We know that, um, especially in Muslim and Arab American communities, um, and that's why we continue to be very vocal about the fact that we are heartbroken by each and every loss of life. We know that communities are feeling the pain of what's going on overseas in a deeply personal way. And so we are going to continue to speak to these different communities, underscore the work we're doing to get aid into Gaza um, and the conditions we're trying to set up to support a humanitarian pause. So let's think about this and let's do it from like like a pyramid from the top down to the bottom. If this administration doesn't condemn what Hamas or anything pro-Palestine, if the, I'm just going to say this, if the administration doesn't condemn the terrorist acts and the media, the mainstream media, specifically MSNBC, does not condemn it, that trickles on down to college campuses. So from the highest levels of where you should have the most common sense to what's being reported or what's not being reported to what slant is being put on a story, all the way down to the young, impressionable youth of today, to where you're supposedly supposed to be a smart person if you're at Harvard or Cornell or Columbia or Yale. It's funny, all these stories that we keep hearing are coming from where supposedly all the smart people go to school. Um, <laughs> it's a trickle-down effect. So then it, it becomes more, quote, acceptable, and I know it's not, but that's the way the younger people now view it as acceptable to be anti-Semitic. If, if, the admit, if the president of the United States doesn't set the tone and the media puts a spin on it, well, what do you think 18 to 22-year-olds are going to do? Yeah. Uh, Emily Simons also says that the Biden administration will not be silent about Islamophobia, not against Muslim Americans, Arab Americans, Palestinian Americans, not against anyone. Cut nine. The president continues to underscore that we will not be silent. There is no place for hate in America. Not against Muslim Americans, uh, Arab Americans, Palestinian Americans, not against anyone. Uh, As many of you know, last year we established the interagency group to combat uh, Islamophobia and anti-Semitism in the last year. Uh, And the next step is to release a strategy on Islamophobia. I don't have a specific announcement for you right now, but something we're working towards. And that's what uh, Kamala Harris announced uh, late yesterday well at least we heard the word anti-semitism once mentioned in that clip but phobia is the fear of right and what does this administration do at a fever pitch more than maybe any administration that i can recall in my lifetime they sell fear yep they sell phobias be afraid of um x y be afraid of the white man in a red hat 
Right? <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Uh, Nikki Haley was all over the uh, the news shows, the TV yesterday. Uh, she said this to Sean Hannity that she thinks that every name and every face of the pro Hamas protesters should be published mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know labeled siding with terrorists. Cut ten, guys. So when they get up there and they hold those signs or they get upset on why people won't hire them, it's because companies don't want to hire someone who wants to destroy our country. That's why I think every name needs to be notified. I mean, it needs to be published. Every face needs to be published. And we need to call this out for the hate that it is. This is absolutely unacceptable in America. I totally agree. And here's a little bit more. She says, yet we have Americans protesting, saying that they support an organization that is a terrorist organization that killed 33 Americans, that took 20 hostage, that said death to America and continues to say death to America every single day. They continue to preach death to America. I think this is why she's polling as well as she is. I think she's made a very strong stance on this. Uh, and we're also seeing um, now where people are saying that every Republican not named Trump or Nikki Haley should drop out of the race. Yeah, and everybody should co. Everybody should coalesce, you know, behind one candidate. We talked about this, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. talked about what would happen if if everybody else dropped out but one person. Yep. How much support would they get? Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's enough. No, you're probably right. But <laughs> like it's, I, you know I, what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys about this, about what she said, because mm-hmm. in theory, I understand your point that I think it's a good one, but it doesn't it become a slippery slope that anytime anybody protests something that we don't agree with, they basically be, be branded with a scarlet letter that says, Hey, this person supports this or this poor person supports that. Couldn't they say the same thing about MAGA? Well, if you are, I mean, they are. Well, they do. Well, they do. <laughs> but, but in the last twenty-two years, we've heard four words: the war on terror. Right. Yes. Ever since nine eleven, the war on terror. It's branded on your TV when they talk about anything ter- terrorist related uh, in this country or abroad. So, if you are seeing pro again, not pro Palestinian, I'm 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 just honestly tired that we have to keep. Uh, differentiating yes I, I get it not every single person of arabic <laughs> descent is a terrorist we get that right um but the fact that we you know see these people that are supporting the hamas cause and oh by the way if you if you were if you feel like you're really in the right with your protest then you should wear it as a badge right? yeah wear it yeah. with a badge yeah. and stop covering your face don't wear a hooded sweatshirt with a mask across your face if you believe you're in the right for a righteous cause then show your identity. Well, we've seen a lot of these people covered up to protect their identity, as if like they're robbing a store. So if you're not doing anything wrong, which, you know, your protesting is not wrong, but when we're talking about supporting terrorists, and if we have a war on terror, then I am with Nikki Haley from the standpoint of, of outing these people, especially when they cross the line and it goes beyond just words. And I'm not talking just about banging on doors. Um, do we have the Harvard video of the student... Um, I know I sent it to Daniel. We were going to do it in a segment, but um, it, it should be pulled, and we can get to it later if not. But th- there was a, a Harvard protest where a student yeah. was mobbed mm-hmm. uh, by pro-Palestinian demonstrators. And I got to tell you, it, having watched the video, it's a little uncomfortable. As somebody that absolutely values free speech, you know, I do think there is a line when you get into somebody's personal space. 
Agreed. Uh, absolutely. There's a there's a difference between free speech and threatening speech. Correct. And 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 when when we talk about threatening, I don't mean you know well your words threaten me. Right. I mean when you actually physically get into people's face and and harass them like right. that. There's there's laws against that. That's you correct. You can't just do that. Correct. So yeah, I would agree that this is this is a. This is a violation of that student's, um, you know, space or mm-hmm. rights or whatever. But yeah. um, I just, I just want you guys to be careful with this thing of every name and every face should be published for these protesters because they, they could, will, and do say the same things about Trump supporters. So just be careful with that. That's all I'm saying. Right. Um, speaking of Nikki Haley, this is this is a more fun thing. Um, she was on The Daily Show last night. Uh, the host this week is a Charlemagne the God, you know, from The Breakfast Club. So they they still don't have the permanent... No. Wow, no, we stopped still... talking about this, but they never replaced Trevor Noah? They never did. It's been... <laughs> It's been almost a year. Oh, my God. They've been a year of, like, guest hosts. Like, one week this person, one week that person. Could you imagine if Zioli went oh, to God, afternoons no. and 13 months later you were still using rotating chairs and yeah, morning drive? It, we would... This station wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, stuff like that is just deadly, and I don't understand why they're doing it, but okay. Uh, Nikki Haley was on, and they were discussing Ron DeSantis's high heels. <laughs> <laughs> Not his boots, his high heels. <laughs> <laughs> Mustard. And <laughs> about him allegedly or not allegedly wearing lifts in his boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what she said about that. Cut 11, guys. Uh, uh, my last question. Uh, are you wearing higher heels than Ron DeSantis next week at the debate so you can look taller than him <laughs> on the stage? That'd be hysterical. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure that out. I can tell you, I've always talked about my high heels. I've never, um, you know, hid that from anybody. I've always said, don't wear them if you can't run in them. So we'll see if he can run in them. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki Haley, y'all. Nikki, hope to see you in studio whenever you come to New York, whether it's the Breakfast Club or the Daily Show. Charlemagne, keep kicking it. South Carolina's proud of you. I'm proud of you. Oh boy, keep kicking it is. Now, I, we we have used I I know I've given at least quotes of Charlemagne the God where he's been critical of Biden and some other people's uh, some other people, and he does radio and he does TV. He is he a conservative? No, no, no. no, no okay, no, he's not a conservative because he's very critical of the left sometimes, and I I don't consume his product he's, or his content, so I didn't know. Yeah, no, he's like a he's a guy who doesn't he's he's not thrilled with the Biden administration. Okay either he'd okay. probably be if i were to guess he'd probably be like a cornell west type okay. May- maybe rfk jr okay maybe okay uh but he's more of a cornell are you west surprised type. that he had nikki haley on the daily show No, he gets huge guests he does really he's he's huge and and the thing about it is um because i have friends who work in that building with him and in, in that the you know the, the people will the front people will come and give him you know, hand him a packet and say, here's what you can and cannot say. Mm-hmm. He's famous for he'll rip it right in front of him. Oh, really? Oh, that's hysterical. Because he's like, you need me more than I need you. Wow. If you don't want to come on. And so that's how he okay. rolls. I, I'm just surprised. And I never watched The Daily Show at any time when the, I mean, in the last 15 yeah. years or whenever it's on. But do the, did in the past that they typically had a Republican candidate? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Did not know that. Yeah, they, uh, that... I mean, when that show was hosted by John Stewart, they used to when get, it actually got great ratings. Yeah, they used to get huge guests right. all the, from oh, yeah. both from both uh, political sides. Okay, uh, Charlemagne the God was the one. I think his most fam- one of his most famous political interviews was the one with Kamala 
when he asked if she smoked pot oh. and she admitted that she did. And <laughs> after being, you know, a prosecutor who put a whole lot of black and brown people mm-hmm. in jail in California yeah. in her past job. Mm-hmm. And so she took a lot of heat for that. But right. then she um, but then her dad was mad because he's Jamaican, right. was mad that she carried forth. But that was a pretty famous one. The other one was Hillary Clinton, yep. who claimed, remember this, Greg? Yep. She had the hot, oh, I carried. She put hot, she took hot sauce out of her purse and says, I carry hot sauce with me to kind of be one with the, oh, <laughs> uh, because like, the black people. The brothers, Nobody, the brothers love hot sauce? Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> she might hot have, sauce, too. She might have a, like a grandma packet of mayonnaise yeah. in her <laughs> pocketbook. I seriously doubt she Joe, do you hot carry sauce. hot sauce with you? The hell with that. <laughs> Would you ever use hot sauce on an interview with Charlemagne the God? Not going to be on my watch. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the Democrats, where they they they'll stoop to any level just to try to play to the home field advantage, won't they? They really will. <laughs> um. So yesterday, where's this clip here? Oh, here it is. Uh, cut five. Um. Yesterday, Kamala Harris, before she discussed uh, this this effort to combat. Uh, Islamophobia. That sh- she's also taking on AI. So she starts off by saying that AI's benefits are immense. Cut five here. This is a moment of profound opportunity. The benefits of AI are immense. It could give us the power to fight the climate crisis. Wow. <laughs> so AI sounds like a great thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, we don't need the manpower or human resources to fight uh, climate change. Cool. We just, you know, artificially attack it. I'm all in for AI. Two, sen- two sentences later, Kamala Harris cut six. And when people around the world cannot discern fact from fiction because of a flood of AI enabled mis and disinformation. Mm. I ask, mm-hmm. is that not existential for democracy? So wait a second. Right. Wait, 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 wait. So it's great because it's going to help us fight climate change, mm-hmm. but it's also an existential threat to democracy. So what, where does she get to the uh, – it can also combat racism as well because we got all the buzzwords and all the, the, the endeavors that this but, administration is trying to fight. But my point is is that it's it's – it's it can't be both. It can't be the greatest thing that's going to help us fight the existential threat that is climate change mm-hmm. and also an existential threat into unto itself. Well, I, I've said for a while on this show that I think the Democrats <laughs> and the left are going to use AI and manipulate AI far better for their cause than Republicans will. <laughs> that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. I, it's it's either great for us or it's not. I don't know. Well, she's can, she's just a walking contradiction. Yep. Yeah. I, I really think it's written for, and I, I don't know, she what's doesn't know what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something Something's going, I don't know, there's something missing with her. So AI is is, is going to be super, super great and help us and also destroy us. So oh, thanks. Thank you, AI. Thank you, Kamala. Um, did, I, I, this, this is not getting what I believe the attention it deserves. Last night, the a U.S. House clerk announced this. Cut oh, 13. Notify you formally, pursuant to Rule 8 of the Rules of the House of Representatives, that I, the Honorable Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Emerita, and U.S. Representative for the 11th Congressional District of California, have been served with third-party subpoenas from the prosecution and the defendant to produce documents in a criminal case in United States District Court for the Northern District of California. 
After consultation with the Office of General Counsel, I have determined that compliance with the subpoenas is consistent with the privileges and rights of the House. I'm, I'm sorry, what? She, Nancy Pelosi was served a subpoena to produce documents in a third-party criminal case in California. Okay, and we know what criminal case this is? Reportedly involving the hammer attack on her husband. Oh, mm. and we're, oh. we're coming up on the one-year anniversary yes. of that, are we yeah. not? Yep. But there, isn't that weird? Uh-huh. So I guess by the rules of the House, this this has to be read into the record. Okay. Yeah. But Pelosi, because I was even searching this morning, has she commented on it yet? And I, I haven't seen her speak of it. Please don't bother me with sexuality. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> She's not spoken on it, but this is a big, I mean, this is a pretty big deal, yeah, right? It absolutely is. Very Although, big deal. of course, I, I always feel like the timing of things matters, and I just, I raise an eyebrow about the timing of this. By the way, what, that, we should, I should actually look that up. I want to say that was November, that was right around the midterms of last year when we were only a month into the show. Yeah, it was, it was around this time. I don't remember yeah. the day that it happened, but um, interesting. I, I just, what could, she, what, just handing things over? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, speaking of corrupt politicians, allegedly, yep. <laughs> Gold Bar Bob oh. uh, was uh, cornered by uh, CNN's Manu Raju. He was cornered. <laughs> um, uh, so apparently he was coming out of some classified briefing. <laughs> and he's like, he's being accused of aiding a foreign government. So why is it appropriate that he's, you know, in this classified briefing? Yeah, right. And he answers that question, cut four. You didn't, weren't able to go to the last classified briefing because Schumer didn't let you. Why are you going to this classified briefing? First of all, you're wrong about that. He didn't say you can't go, and he didn't not let me. So that's just the wrong assumption. So, I'm so sorry, sir. So well, why, why did you go to this classified briefing? Because getting an update on Ukraine is something that's worthy as we consider the supplemental. But you're being accused of aiding a foreign government. Why is that appropriate <laughs> for you to go to a classified briefing? You know, Manu, I know you got to make news. Bottom line is, I'm a United States senator, I have my security credentials, and an accusation is just that. It's not proof of anything. Mm. <laughs> not proof of anything, uh, even though the evidence is very strong that it would say otherwise. He got a little mad. See, that's where he's trying to intimidate and bully Manu. If I'm Manu, I'm saying, well, actually, no, sir. You created this firestorm for yourself, so I'm just doing my job. You don't need to be snarky and snippy and play the I'm, the, I'm a sitting U.S. senator card as if that's some like self-righteous position of moral dignity. Give me a break with this guy. Let me ask you this question. Who do you think is, is more deserving or which party wants this person gone more? Do the Democrats Democrats want Mendez more or um, the Republicans with Santos? Um, I was thinking about that last night because Santos was in the news again as well. Pretty close. uh, And they're both putting up a fight. I think that that for the ramifications with Gold Bar Bob are are much bigger. Yes, I would agree. Um, especially because of what's happening in New Jersey. We've got all 140 seats in the legislature next Tuesday up for grabs, right? And uh, as we say in New Jersey, there's not an election day. There's an election week, mm-hmm. yeah. right? They're saying, they started saying like last Friday, start voting, yep, uh, early voting. But in New Jersey, I think the ramifications are, are much bigger. And then when you think of what's going on in Israel and the fact that he was the head yep. of that foreign relations board, which he's now you know disgraced from and, but it, it, there are all these questions swirling. Mm-hmm. Did he compromise our national security? So right. I, to me, you know, 
Bob, Gold Star Bob, as you call him, Mendez is yeah. a much bigger story. GBB. And by the way, nice job, uh, Dawn says uh, the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi was October 28th of 2022. So we just missed the, uh, the one-year anniversary of that. And then the pa- uh, DePape was in charge, the guy who hammered him, the, the nudist from mm-hmm. Canada. But he wasn't charged till Halloween. That's why I think you're remembering November, because remember it was bizarre how yeah. the information was coming so slowly. Yep. By the way, whatever happened to our once-labeled MAGA guy who was a hippie that was in a van? Has that? Has that? I mean, maybe we'll find out more with this yeah. subpoena and what whatever is happening here. Well, I tell you, that story really disappeared, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it and they were. It just felt like they were trying to hide something in there. Who? Knows? I mean, it was horrifying. And he had. You know, Mr. Pelosi was an elderly guy and had to undergo head surgery, and it was horrible. Yeah. But still, there was this weird, remember this reporting on it, mm-hmm. that they were felt like they were trying to hush something. That's correct. A uh, person who won't be president, Chris Christie, was on <laughs> with uh, Morning Joe uh, the other day. I've been sitting on this. Well, he, he, loves, he loves making the rounds. Well, too, the reason I'm bringing up this up is because, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about uh, how uh, Mark Meadows has basically has basically been giving been given immunity mm-hmm. to testify against Trump. And Chris Christie, who like, look, think of him what you will. He was a um, what was he Don? He was a federal prosecutor, yes, right? I she believe always he, loves yeah, to say. He says that every once in a while. Um, <laughs> he says that this is deadly for Trump, Mark Meadows, testifying, and that he's going to be convicted, and it's over. Okay. Cut seven. And I think everybody that's watching needs to understand, from somebody who did this work for seven years, you don't give Mark Meadows immunity unless the evidence he has is unimpeachable. Oh, yeah. And... I, I, I said this yesterday. I want I want Republican voters to understand this. What's going to be happening in March? He's going to be sitting in a courtroom in Washington D.C. with Mark Meadows twenty feet away from him, yeah, saying he committed crimes in front of me on my watch. Not some I, I, rogue I prosecutor. Stop you Joe. A second, a he's lot, a lot, lot, lot of he's former prosecutor. I want to stop you right there, <laughs> and I want to <laughs> underline what I've said because we have a lot of Democrats watching this show. But as I'm sure you know. We have a lot of Republicans that are, are watching this show. Uh, no, they don't. I, yeah, I just I want to say so. to my Republican they, friends yeah. that are watching. They have nobody watching this show. I've seen the ratings. Everybody that's testifying against Donald Trump, they're not editorial writers for the New York Times or primetime hosts of MSNBC. They are all Trumpers who stayed with Trump to the very end. Yeah. Basically Look, saying they're all stupid. This is a guy who was Velcroed to Trump's hip. For the entire 2020 campaign and all the post-campaign nonsense. And so this is deadly. It's done. He's going to be convicted. But it's over. Can't he run for president and put a delay, 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 delay and get out of it? Well, I don't think he can delay it. No, I, I, I don't have the impression that this district court judge in Washington um, is amenable to delay. It's a it's a March 4th. She seems pretty. So it's a March 4th trial right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Maybe give give or take a month. You think you think the judge may may. Yeah, I mean, maybe it starts this. in April. Maybe yeah. maybe not, though. I mean, look, she has not given much at this point um, into the defense claims for delay. And, and I think that's why Jack Smith indicted this case with just Trump. Yeah. 
So there's a couple of things that really get under my skin with that. Number one, let's keep in mind who the source is, whether or not it's he's got a legal background or not. This is a guy that is running for president and competing against Donald Trump. That's the number one thing on the surface. Number two, we know Chris Christie has B, you know, BTE. He's got big Trump envy. And then lastly, the, the thing that bothers me the most about that was Joe Scarborough there basically saying, well, yes, but there's Republicans that watch this show, which Greg, you said is not true, but he, you know, they're not, they're not editorial directors and they're not primetime TV hosts. He almost basically said, well, they're just uninformed deplorables. So they're not going to, you know, understand what's going on here and maybe jump off the bandwagon. No, so, and isn't no, that the vibe you got? No, his point is, is that that's the vibe I got. No, they're not, they're not. His point is, is that they're not liberals who are testifying against Trump. They're all Trump's people. Well, they're people that are jumping off the ship to protect their own interests. Who cut? Who cut? Who deal. cut deals? Which is something you always need, to, regardless whether it's a political cr- a trial Guys. or any trial. Guys. When somebody's testifying Guys. against you, they have it I, on on a good reason to do so. I hate to bust your balloons, but if you don't think that Mark Meadows testifying against Trump isn't a huge deal... Oh, you, I'm not saying it's have, not a, a you huge head deal, sand, honestly. But what, but what was he offered in exchange for testimony? Is he what? just doing this out of his conscience? No. It, it is a big deal, but let us... Because I, I you know, read his book. What they're going to do is say, well, here on page 52, mm-hmm. Mr. Meadows, let me read this excerpt from your book where you said this. Now you're testifying to what you just said. Mm-hmm completely contradicting what is printed in your book that's that's another thing when somebody has a book deal liar liar what's the point of a book deal is it just to get the facts out or is it to get your narrative and make a payday so everybody's lying except for trump didn't say everybody's lying i'm no i'm just saying in a court of law i'm looking if you have a major book published that you went through a publisher had to go through editors they had to vet what you said and so on and so on you know that that's going to be at the center of the of the court proceeding where they say to some of these key witnesses most of whom who profited from books especially mark meadows to say yo uh which time are you lying did you lie to the thousands of people who bought your book or are you lying now and and let's also not sit there and act like editors and uh vetting and running it by before it's published is some like practice that is being used to the umpteenth degree these days i mean how long did it take for the new york times to go back and admit they made a mistake with the way they were covering the hamas terrorist situation we took the words of the terrorists and reported that as fact until we found out that that missile never actually hit the hospital it landed in the parking lot so like when i hear like when i hear book deal my ears immediately go up because it's about somebody trying to put a spin and make a, a quick penny. Again, Mike, Mark, yeah, I'm not saying Mark Meadows is lying. I don't disagree. I'm just I saying, I look at you. the motive. Anytime I see somebody that testifies in a court of law against somebody that they, whether it like, could be like a low-level drug dealer, right? And he's testifying against the kingpin. Yeah. Why is he doing that? Did he just have well, a, I, a, like, oh. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but. Christie's point there is that that they wouldn't just give him blanket immunity if he didn't have something really, really big, right? That's a fair point, right? Yes, yeah. And I'm not trying to sit here and be Trump's defense attorney. I'm just pointing out the the um, the motives of people in these types of settings. And I take everybody with a grain of salt. I don't believe a lot of stuff I hear. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying, like it's it's very easy to say. Well, it's it's this is but but this is good. Like March and April of next year are going to be very big. Oh yeah, it's going to be very big because I agree with him. I don't think that this is this is going to get pushed. You know, they're trying to delay it, but I don't think it's going to be delayed. 
Wait, wait. Who's trying to delay it? I think the courts were trying to speed this up. They the want Trump to... team is trying to well, delay course. it. Well, of course. Yes. Yes. As they should. And this is going to get caught up in appeals and all sorts of paperwork and motion to dismiss and motion to this. And I mean, you could trust me, you can you can muck this thing up and make it very choppy and just keep delaying and delaying and delaying. Um, and that's only going to and this is only one case. This is just the, the federal election case in yeah. D.C. This does not even include the classified documents in Mar-a-Lago, uh, Atlanta, Fulton County. Um, New York, two New York cases. We've got the civil one going on now. now yeah. um, and by the way, have you noticed, too, on the civil front, we haven't heard a word about the Stormy Daniels case. That, that was like, the, remember, that was the first one to drop with our famous buddy um, uh, Alvin Bragg. I haven't heard a peep about that. Yeah, because it's such a horrible case. That's why. Mm. It's, it's embarrassing. I mean, even Democrats have panned that one. <laughs> so I, here's what I would say. I mean, Chris Christie, what? Yeah. You know, what a schmuck he is. I mean, he, well, this is his lane. This is the path he carved out. Like, seriously, he worked for Trump. He was his BFF. And now he's you know saying this. Oh, he's going to be convicted. And blah, blah, blah. The truth is, look at every court case. When has the government ever expedited the timing of a court case? And Trump's team, I mean, they have legal grounds to delay, delay, delay. So in my humble opinion, they're going to delay most of this stuff because it's a it's a tangled web. So they've got to go through all the pretrial motions, oh, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So that does anybody think that this case will be finalized before the election? I can't imagine that it is because they these lawyers finalized how? Wait. As in we we like get a, a final a, a verdict? Uh, no, I I can't. I seriously I can't imagine. As in he's found guilty or acquitted? Yes, you do. You think they will? Yes. So what by by the summer? I think now because it doesn't look, start till March. Now look, what's going to happen is is a jury's going to hear it. It's going to it's going to be decided, it. and then yeah, right. it's going to be appealed. So and you really don't have finality take, and closure. No, exactly. Right. Yeah, yes, it's going to be appealed. There's no question it's going to be appealed. Right. So uh, you know, do I think that there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a verdict in this before the election? Yes, I do believe that. Does anybody think that Trump will be in prison the night of the election? No, no, Trump's, absolutely. Not. First of all, let, he's never. He is never going. Yeah, I'm sorry, but very rarely do rich white people go to jail. I was just going to say that. Like, <laughs> you know, this idea. You know, liberals have this this thing in their head where they're always like, they're always like, he's going to be, he's going to go to jail. Like, it's going to be like he's in a cell clanking, uh, yeah. clanking a coffee cup against it, like hanging out with Zanello that, that will, There's zero chance <laughs> yeah. that is going to happen. Okay. Zero chance that is yeah. going to be happen. Now, do I think he's going to be found guilty for one of these, for one of these things? Absolutely. Um, but he's not going to go to quote unquote jail. But like, ultimately, this whole hot mess. First of all, that's you know a Republican wins no matter who it is, no matter what happens, and all this uh, goes away. And I suspect it goes away no matter what, no matter who. Ultimately, whatever happens in twenty twenty four, this all it's so political to me. And uh, it, once it goes to the Supreme Court of the United States of America, every scholar you've played yeah. early all the time. Yep, uh, this is this is just dripping. With uh, constitutional rights violations, yeah, and I think I think tr- I think that's the one thing at the end of the day that Trump and his lawyers feel absolutely great about. Even yeah. if they get convicted on whatever, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, it gets reversed and sent back down and rem- remanded back down to the lower courts because the Supreme Court's not going to, and they're incredibly intelligent people, but they're not going to have that blood, so to speak, on their hands. 
uh, no lib after they said stop it, Greg, because I guess I was saying things that they don't like. Uh, That's they, right. They said fair, ju- <laughs> fair jury in D.C. Come on, yeah. uh, I agree with that. There's no chance he's getting a fair, uh, a fair but, jury in. But- to, Washington, D.C. To be honest, I don't know where you technically would get... I mean, yeah, you could sit there and say, well, I'll go to a red state or a red city. But, I mean, there's not anybody that has a unbiased, objective opinion of Donald Trump, right? Exactly. So I don't know where... I mean, yes, you could it's, technically find more people that are sympathetic to him, but you're not going to get somebody that's completely neutral on the guy. You, I don't think. Anywhere. Right. You can't get a, a fair trial on this guy anywhere. Like because, if we sent Valdez out yes, for man on the street... There is... You are a hundred percent right. We've we've been discussing that for years here. Like there's there's no there's no place that he can be that he can have a jury of his peers that don't have some already yeah. biased. Because at one point or time in his life, whether they love him or hate he him, he was loved by the left and now loved by the right. Remember, before all of this, and I'm not saying anything that you know this audience doesn't know, he was a media mainstream darling for yep. years. Yep. He had his own show on NBC. Yep. Hosted SNL. I mean, he was in Home Alone, for God's sakes. By the way, for for all the people criticizing me for saying things like, "Okay, do you want to do you want to talk to a host that lied to you and just tell you what you want to hear?" Like, is that is that is that some people do? Okay, some, then, I'm, I'm serious. Some people do. The, yeah, no. Some people do. Those talk show hosts should be ashamed of themselves. I know because they know they know what they're saying is not true, and that's that's a real shame. Remember when I said uh, last November that I did, uh, on uh, the day before the midterms I had a gut feeling that the red wave was not going to come to fruition? I dealt with pushback too. I'm sorry, and I was right. I don't want to be right, but I'm just going to tell you the way I think it's going to play out. Balls and strikes, man. That's all. I. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Greg, you're entitled to your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I simply think that no matter what happens, I think any any possible conviction of of Trump, it gets overturned by the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Yeah, I don't. Di- by the way, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I'm, I'm just saying that you, you, you asked me. There's, there's many things can be true here. Yes, Mark Meadows can be very detrimental to Trump. I do believe that. Donald Trump will be convicted of something. I do believe that. Donald Trump will probably be the next president of the United States. I do believe that. Donald wow, Trump. So you think he will? Donald. Well, oh yes. Right now. Oh. Wow. Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump will. Um, uh, where was I? <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court will overturn. Yeah. Uh, this. I do believe that as well. Okay. So, like, people hear what they want to hear. Well, like, oh, Mark Meadows. Well, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take some bullets and let them deflect over my way. I disagree with you. I don't think Trump will win. I. I wow. don't think Trump will win. Let's I do. That right. I butchered that. I think I screwed up it up. But by yeah, the way, yeah, I disagree with Greg. I am well. Let let me just say this: in on November second of twenty twenty three, if you're asking me right now, mm-hmm. I do believe yes. Okay. Ask me. I say no. Six months from now, my 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 opinion might change. Okay. Remember, I was the one who said I I don't think it's going to be either of these candidates. You did yeah, say that's that. True. You did say that. So, so you've got um, Newsom against Nikki Haley, huh? Yeah, because it ain't gonna be uh, mustard. (laughs) I got that much. I'll take that bang. Ain't gonna be him. I just, I, I just hate that. Like the people just people hear what they want to hear, and they're they hear one thing. Well, you're you're wrong. Okay, good. So I'm just telling you, many things can be true at one time. I don't care what people hear as long as they're listening. You you could you could hear the reading rainbow theme in the background right now as I speak. As long as you're listening, that's all I care about. Highest ratings in morning drive in 15 years.
Congratulations. Mm. No, you're, I mean, you're, 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 la, la, la. you're I'm so superstitious. I'm not. Remember, Dawn does not spike the football, Greg. Nope. She hands it to the ref. She goes back to the sideline, takes the helmet off, and gets ready for the next series. Yep. I'm way too Professional. Act like you've been there before, right? That's what they say? <laughs> Dawn's right. been there. Dawn's got Emmys hanging. You think Dawn cares about 20, 2008? She's got Emmys hanging up in her house. <laughs> Do you, by the way? They're not hanging. They're oh, too so heavy to hang. Oh, really? <laughs> I'd have them on like a, like a nice little mantelpiece. I'd put them over the fireplace. Would you? Yeah. Absolutely. I got my fantasy football trophy there. Why wouldn't I put in an Emmy award? Mm-hmm. Uh, shows, the, shows you the highlights of my life. All right, I'm going to make an executive decision. Why don't we break here and then do the big three at nine? It's 845 already. Yeah, I know. We went um, an hour and 13 minutes uninterrupted. Uh, By the way, we went from yesterday, we went from 735 to 855. An hour and 24 minutes. We went I 10 saw, minutes yeah. before the cut sheet. Cut sheet and then Bruno who's uninterrupted. A, who's the program director here? They must be losing their minds. You know, if I was doing <laughs> sports and had to go an hour and 20 minutes talking about Jalen Hurts uninterrupted, I'd probably quit. <laughs> I probably would. And would they quit asking him about his knee? Just stop. Oh, they're asking the him about the, about the yeah, knee brace? And, he, and it was at the end of the news conference anyway, and then he just looked at him. Just eyeballed them and, yeah. and left because yeah. he already said, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I've never seen a fan base so so disappointed with a 7-1 and one team before. Well, this was, was the media. Oh, okay. This was a media. So I, I got to ask you. And yeah. Jalen's like, mm. Right. Why don't you ask him uh, about A.J. Brown's flat earth comment? <laughs> all right uh 8 46 we'll take a quick break come back to get to uh dawn's big three and wrap up the eight o'clock hours we continue kale and company live uh live right here on talk radio 1210 wphd it's kale and company on demand from talk radio 1210 wphd and the free odyssey app kale and company as we continue Third hour, almost in the books. We will get to Dawn's Big Three coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Also, what's on the cut sheet part Do Who on Twitter today? What's on tap for the Dawn Show? We've got um, the morning mystery movie clip at 920. See if we can make it two days in a row where we get the correct answer. And we are able to verify that we have the correct answer. We start a new streak today. But it starts with one, and it started yesterday. Uh, also, still ahead... A lack of sleep study shows that 78% of adults with mental health issues could be attributed to their lack of sleep. So when all of you out there that might not have the best of life right now, mock me for for napping. Just remember, I'm in the 22% that's not dealing with those issues because I'm taking my nap and I'm getting my sleep. And I got the science to prove it. We'll get to that when we continue in the final hour. And also... On multiple levels, we have a fat problem. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, we have a study on how to avoid obesity. Holidays are coming up. Between now and New Year's, everybody will probably eat a little more than they normally do, drink a little bit more than they normally do, and then all of a sudden, January 2nd comes around, they get on the scale, they've gained 13 pounds, and they're miserable. And they start their workout regimen, and they quit that before Valentine's Day. It's usually the way it works, right? We'll get to that study, and also... Obesity, not just an issue for Americans in general, but military data says that 70% of our soldiers are technically obese, which is very reassuring considering we are on the precipice of World War III. So we'll get to some uh, obesity and weight issues in this country coming up. But I just want to put a bow on the final hour with one other. It's actually so pathetic and so disturbing that it's funny. Uh, We gave you the story about the Pittsburgh school 
using math to eradicate white supremacy. But did you know that some bird names are changing because they're exclusionary, which is the opposite of inclusive, and they are harmful? So for anybody that enjoys a, you know, a nice documentary on birds, or maybe you're very well schooled and versed in the field of, you know, animals that can fly, or you enjoy seeing birds in nature that you think you can identify, well, maybe those names are going to go by the wayside. And uh, this was from OutKick. It says, we all knew it was just a matter of time before some of the woke insanity made its way into the world of birds. Yes, some birds are now considered offensive and are on the chopping block. However, it may surprise you that it's not the usual suspects. Nope, the likes of the titmouse, the blue-footed booby, and the woodpecker, the woodpecker are safe okay. for right now. That's good. Now, I, I've heard of a woodpecker, but I never heard of the blue-footed booby or the titmouse, but apparently those are actually real birds. And the uh, American Society has announced that it will be changing the names of about 80 birds that are named after questionable people. Well, naming birds after people can be deemed exclusionary and harmful, they say. Quote, there is power in a name, and some English bird names have associations with the past that continue to be exclusionary and harmful today, (laughs) says Colleen Handel, the society's president, who said in a statement to none other than the Washington Post. And they wonder why their readership is in the tank. Quote, we need a more inclusive and engaging scientific process Mm -hmm. that focuses attention on the unique features and beauty of birds themselves. So two things. Number one, this whole concept is for the birds, literally. And secondly, I would like, if I ever saw Colleen handle, I would never, like, inflict any harm. I'm not saying that. But I would flip her the bird. (laughs) I just say, Colleen, here. Here's here's my thoughts on uh, you you taking, you see what I did there? there. Yeah. Yeah. 80 different birds. Mm -hmm. So apparently we have a systemic system of racist birds. And uh, it is named after, and here's some of the the details behind this. With dozens of names getting changed, the focus on the birds' names after people with questionable pasts, such as the Bachman's Sparrow, never seen or heard of that bird, uh, or the Townsend's Warbler, both are named after men accused of being racist. Oh, okay. Yes. See, there's the tie-in. Here we go. Uh, They go on to say, quote, white people... Much by the way, just leave a white people. Imagine if I said something else about another group of people and I started my sentence like that. Yeah. I, I, I'd be racist, right? Uh, white people, but it's okay because we're, we're white. White people are credited for discovering the birds. White people were the ones to name the birds after other white people. And white people are still the folks that are perpetuating these names. Uh, Jordan Rudder, who has organized... Oh, here we go with the petition. Another, another, another bright individual who organized this petition to change a bunch of bird names, says in a 2021 interview. So for all of you out there that are... Uh, very proficient in in naming birds and playing the bird game, or just enjoy uh, that species. Get ready because big changes are on the way. So it's figured I'd pass that along in the world of insanity. <laughs> like this is what we do in our lifetime nowadays. Well, like, look, these people need to be put in it. You know, Trump's right. We should bring back the insane asylums <laughs> and stuff these people in first. Well, two things: the blue-footed booby is famous for the Galapagos Island because I know my family were obsessed with the Galapagos Island, you know, Darwin's Island. Yeah. So they, it's a really cool bird, so I'm glad they didn't change the name. Uh-huh. But I find it amazing. I didn't even know this until you started talking. I looked up the Audubon Society because that's a very famous 
birding society. Uh I did not know that fairly recently the Audubon Society, named after John James Audubon, they actually voted in New York. They're based in New York Uh to rename their society. So there's no, no more Audubon because he was a slave owner and opposed abolition. Oh. I never knew that, but that's I did not know their own organization is uh, not named Audubon anymore. I'm just trying to Google image what a titmouse looks like. Let's see here, the little bird. Yeah, a little gray and white bird. Nice looking little bird. Kind of think of like I think of like a cardinal, but With instead somebody, of red, it's gray. So who? So who is named? Uh, who? What was that named after? I have no idea. I mean, I'm assuming it's because it's all white people's names. Is that it? Yes, that's correct. Most of them. But apparently the titmouse, the blue-footed booby, and the woodpecker are safe. By the way, my daughter does a very good Woody the Woodpecker impersonation. <laughs> you know, we have to get that for the cut sheet part, too. I'll have to record that video during the break. All right, 855-839-1210 is the phone number. we got a lot coming up in the final hour, including obesity issues in this country, as well as with our service members. But right now, Dawn Stensland with a word and a service for QC Kinetics. Yeah, because QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in the future of joint pain relief right here in Philadelphia. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. It's awesome. It's amazing. I know many of you have told me about the results for you personally and just saying, Dawn, it's a miracle in my life. So if you've been told more steroids or surgery are your only options, and before you look into that, or even if you are, just hold up just a second, would you? Get a second opinion. Learn more about how you can harness your body's own healing agents and actually attack that joint pain. And this is lasting relief because QC Kinetics doesn't mask the pain. These treatments actually go to the very root, the core of the problem, using concentrated healing properties placed directly into your joint, restoring and repairing that damaged tissue. And so just think about it. This fall, this weekend, sunny and in the 60s, right? No more pain. You're walking around. You're doing what you love to do, whether it's golf, biking, walking, hiking, getting into the holiday spirit this holiday season. No more pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, your aching back, and no drugs, no downtime, no surgery. Just call the local medical professionals. Get a free consultation today. QC Kinetics, 215-999-3000, 215-999-3000. Just call them today. Q- QC Kinetics, 215-999-3000. Tell them Dolan sent you. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Thursday morning here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. This segment brought to you by the great folks at Consumer Cellular. Consumer Cellular offers the exact same nationwide 5G coverage as the major carriers. Even in bumper-to-bumper traffic, their 100% U.S.-based support is just a click or call away. Plus, activation always free. Visit ConsumerCellular.com to switch today. And, of course, you can always get us on the free Odyssey app and watch us live on YouTube. Hasn't been sober, had a comment on Twitter in regard to our uh, changing of names for birds. He says, one might think that the titmouse and the blue-footed booby may be in the same family and aren't owls, also called hooters. I see a trend here. Mm. So I told hasn't been sober to uh, keep us abreast to these developments. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, there you go. Oh boy. Yeah, a little, 
Bravo. Room shot there. All right, so uh, we've got the morning mystery movie clip coming up at nine twenty. So juvenile, and I'm the one who is accused of being juvenile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It spreads around from time to time on the show. Yeah, I picked up the mantle today. Uh, <laughs> we we've got what's on the cut sheet part due coming up. What's on tap for the Dawn Show and who on Twitter today? But honestly, there's there's definitely an issue in this country on multiple levels when it comes to Americans and obesity, and I do think that. For a large part, the the BMI, the body mass index, is a load of crap. Like, I mean, let's face it. There's people that are like, I put on a little bit of weight from um, <clears throat> too much bourbon. But when you're, you know, five ten and you're 190 pounds and you are in really great shape and you have a good amount of muscle mass, um, you can still be deemed overweight and or obese based on what the charts say you should be. Like, I think technically. Like, I'm 5'9 and change, and I should weigh, like, 168. Like, I would look like I had AIDS. Yeah, those things are never... They're uh, so off base. Yeah, they're never correct. Um, And and I don't think you should ever really adhere to that. uh, Not the best uh, choice of... I know. (laughs) What? I mean, you know. On heroin. Yes, there you go. On heroin. I like I've been hanging out with Hunter's crack pipe for a while. There you go. Um, so that, that's, that would not be a good look for me, uh, the way I am put together. Uh, but nearly seven out of 10 U.S. service members are now considered to be either overweight or obese. Oh. Which, this is not a good look. Um, they go on to say, which may compromise the nation's military readiness and undermine national security. That according to a new wide ranging study. The American Security Project, a Washington-based nonprofit, found that 68% of American troops qualified as either overweight or obese under the body mass index, which takes into account a person's age, height, and weight. It also determined that the number of troops in the obese category have more than doubled over the last decade. There was about 10.4% of military members that were deemed obese in 2012, as of last year in 2022, that number jumped to 21.6%. They say the trend poses a dire threat, according to the report that was released last week. They say to ensure the long-term strength and operability of the armed forces, services must decisively and cohesively address obesity within their ranks, maintain strong body composition standards, and bring health policies in line with evidence-based recommendations. Uh, they go on to say that each branch of the United States military, military currently has its own minimum body composition standards that recruits must meet. And also, obesity has been the leading disqualifier or military applicants that have been discharged in large part medically because of this obesity issue. So I started thinking about this. So number one, this should make you feel a little uneasy when we talk about, oh, I don't know, the fact that we've got two wars going on. There could be a third and there's other people that are lurking. We've got Russia, Ukraine. We've got Hamas, Israel. Everybody's keeping an eye on China and Taiwan. Iran is obviously sniffing around and has direct ties or even indirect ties to what's going on with Hamas and Israel. And you can't discount North Korea. And then you factor in the story that we had months ago where the armed forces were not meeting their recruitment goals. They were struggling to hit the numbers in large part because the military, in some people's opinion, has gone woke. And also they've lowered their standards to get into the military and, you know, whatever type of, you know, bar that they set that you need to adhere to and meet to be a service member, that threshold has been brought down as well. So you add all this up together 
And I, I do think this is a concern. That being said, body mass index, like I said, I think is completely out of touch. So while you might have some that are overweight, I don't think that's an issue. But ones that are classified as obese, I mean, if these are the people that we're sending out on the front lines, if we do put boots on the ground, you know, if there's a, some, if there's a certain percentage of those people that are really in the military, I'm not feeling too great about that, to be honest. But that's just me, you know. I struggled to do two miles on the elliptical while listening to the Zioli at 345 <laughs> on the Odyssey app. But I'm not fighting for our nation's freedom and protecting our national security. So I wanted to bring that into the equation. And then we get to uh, us, the common folk that are not in the military protecting this fine nation. And a new st- And I'm, I'm honestly surprised. And I know when we talk about, you know, weight and losing weight and fat shaming and fat jokes, we've had those conversations on this show. To me, you know, short of those that have like a clinical medical issue that they can't lose weight for some reason beyond their desire to or the effort that it requires or the discipline not to eat certain things, I've always thought it's pretty simple. You got to burn off more calories than you consume. Like my old man said that to me 30 years ago. He's like, eat whatever you want, Nick. I'm just saying if you consume 2,000 calories and you want to lose weight, you better burn more than 2,000 calories off or the math's not going to add up. But the New York Post, with a study that came out from the researchers at the University of Colorado, and it's actually amazing that we have to talk about this because I think it should be basic knowledge at this point. Sugar's not good for you, right? Right. We, we all Too much realize, sugar. Yeah. Especially like, you know, the artificial stuff. Yep, the processed. Uh, the processed stuff. Uh, so they say in this story that all too common fructose found in table sugar and high fructose corn syrup used widely in everyday foods such as ketchup has long been considered a major reason why Americans pack on the pounds. But now scientists say that they are closer to figuring out exactly what makes the suspect sweetener such a sticky business for those struggling to stay fit. The researchers at Colorado are floating a theory that fructose lowers and blocks the body's ATP, adenosine triphosphate, a compound that naturally provides energy for your cells. And one of the results of that reduction is a decreased metabolism, which is needed to burn off energy from the food that you have consumed. And that shift, initially, uh, essentially initiated by fructose, can lead to weight gain. And it's fructose is what triggers our metabolism to essentially go into low energy or low power mode. And in turn, the body will deal with subsequent hunger by triggering cravings for less than healthy energy sources, including carbs and fatty foods. Thus begins a cycle of consuming more food that gets stored as fat, and our bodies can then lose control of our appetite but, quote, fatty foods become the major source of calories that drive weight gain. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just randomly lucky or blessed that I don't really have a sweet tooth. Like, I kind of crave salty things, spicy. I like sour. I like savory. I'm not a big sugar consumer. I don't put sugar in my coffee. Um, if I drink an energy drink after my nap, it's always sugar-free, whether it's a Red Bull or a Celsius. I never drink all those you know drinks that are 12 ounces that have 42 grams of sugar in it and i'm really not a sweets person for dessert like i don't like cake i'm not a huge ice cream person like my one sweet my one guilty pleasure is i'm a sucker for a good donut um but i probably have a donut once a month 
Um, so I'm I'm lucky in that regard. But like this, I don't know, Don. I know you're very uh, focused on you know buying products that are healthy, and and you're certainly in good physical shape. Is is this really rocket science, or or what? Like you know, these stories come out like they're breaking news, and I've always felt for the most part, as long as you can physically can control and have discipline and do exercise, you should be okay. Like I don't think this needs to be like you know, rocket science and, oh, my God, look at this breaking story. Researchers have, have cracked the mysterious code. I think studies like this are important because, in truth, this high fructose corn syrup, and, I, of course, when this came out, like, I waved it because I'm always saying to my husband, don't buy that high right. fructose corn syrup. You know, and he's like, will you stop? Well, in fact, you're in the but, f- you, have a, you have a child who's got diabetes. Yeah, and we, do, and we, all kidding aside, we do watch it. But for all of us, it, it's the thing about it is high fructose corn syrup is even different than just good old corn syrup. Right. And so and so this one, I think we can't talk about it enough. And I say all the time that I believe that the reason we have, in part, one mm-hmm. of the reasons we have this o- epidemic, especially among young kids, the snack industry yep. and kids and the focus of, oh, you need a snack, bring a mm-hmm. snack to school. Who's the snack mom? Oh, I know. Which we never, ever used to do. Back in the day, that was just like never. My mom would have been like, "Uh, "You can get dessert after dinner," and we had to wait until my dad came home. (laughs) You know what I mean? And mom came home from Mm -hmm. work, right? No, no, no. no. You're you're waiting until six. Yeah, there's a there is a snack obsession in this country, and my daughters are guilty of it. They get off the bus. Can I get a snack after dinner? Can I have a snack? Now, I, I think a healthy way to live is to be snacking throughout the day, not eating big meals, but snacking on healthy things. Carrot sticks, celery sticks, whatever. And, and I'm not saying just eat vegetables only, but like kids, when you think of the yeah. snack drawer, the snack cabinet, pop tarts, candy, you know, all this stuff high in sugar. And also, I, we have a condiment obsession addiction in this country, too. It's so true. We do. Like nobody can just eat a burger or a piece of chicken naturally on the grill or with like a dry rub. I know, you know, Dawn will occasionally tell you to you uh, want to pound it, you can. Oh boy. And then do like a dry rub. Right. But everybody <laughs> wants to just put mounds of ketchup uh and, and the Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, Chick-fil-A sauce, Thousand Island dressing, mayonnaise. Yep. Mustard. Mustard. <laughs> like it, mustard's it, actually a good one. Yeah, yeah mustard's not bad for yeah, you. Yeah, it's healthy. That's correct. Yeah, but we just have this problem of like um, <laughs> using weight, and like I, I go to cookouts all the time, and I'm like, just give me the burger with lettuce, tomato, onion, a pickle, and I might occasionally put a little spread of a condiment, but very like I want to taste the meat, the roll. If the bun is good, it, it, that's part of the battle. And I look at some of my friends and family, and there's just mounds of ketchup and mayonnaise just dripping off their face, and I'm yeah. like. You look like a seven-year-old. <laughs> speaking uh, speaking of ta- uh, tasting the meat, are you going to get to that throat cancer story? I am right after um, uh, the no, right after I'm we just... botched the <laughs> we botched the morning mystery movie on, clip. I'm just kidding! Come on, we're going to get to that. Yeah, no. it's a good story. A lot of re- a lot of reactions to this story too. When I teased it in the tweet last night. Uh, making implications towards one person at a, in a high level in the Biden administration. Oh, that's so. not. Hey, I'm just re- just relaying the message. No, I'm just yeah, don't shoot the messenger. All right, uh, nine eighteen. We still have to do the big three, don't we? I got all my soapbox. Yeah, you did. I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Occasionally, I don't like to do that, folks. I don't like to be too preachy, but we've been, we missed. We did. You want to do that at the bottom? No, I. We we we're really backed up. Yeah, we. I are. think we need we're to, clogged. Dawn, everything you were going to put in the big three, put in your show at ten o'clock. Okay. There you go. Okay, so so no big three? 
No, because we're, okay. we're, we're super... Wait, I don't know if maybe right Dawn would just want to zip through it in 90 seconds, do the read, and then we can just get to the clip, but... Uh, uh, the, I don't the think most, there's a read right now. Okay, that's, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, the most interesting one was that the, the high court in, in Pennsylvania yesterday ruled that, remember when Governor Tom Wolf, he was always overstepping his executive powers? Sure. Yeah. He, uh, they ruled that that regional greenhouse gas initiative was basically a tax. Okay. That was an un, that was not constitutional in the, in Pennsylvania. So this was one of those climate change initiatives Mm -hmm. and it, you know, it was the regional greenhouse gas initiative and it hurt companies. It was a regulatory thing. It's, uh, just, just lost. So that, that's a pretty big, a pretty big deal for businesses. Okay. In Pennsylvania. All right. Very good. There's Dawn's big one at 919. <laughs> as it's 920, and we now get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Really? Really? We were due for a gimme, folks. <laughs> uh, what next? That was pretty damn good. Brilliant. I love that. Press the button, Freddy. Just, I know. Just, I know uh, where it is. I know where. Knock knock. Good. <laughs> oh, it's good. Um, you know, play it like you wrote it. Well, I did. I wrote that part. Are you happy? I think it's beautiful. It's almost perfect. Almost. Think you know what it is? Then call it 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Oh, how about this today? A pair of tickets to see Andrea Bocelli as he returns to the Wells Fargo Center once again on December 7th, wow. 2023. He was not bohemian. <laughs> I gotta have a word with the boys in the back. It's either I know there's no super hard, I know. or like <laughs> so right. obvious. What are we do? Does anybody does anybody put any effort into no. their job? Nobody puts anybody, any effort. Does anybody put any effort into this uh, job? No, no. That's what, why I'm, I'm going to start mailing it in too. Like, nobody else is going to work. Why the hell should I? Uh, God, it's coming up December seventh. Tickets on sale, Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. If you can identify the just easiest the, clip in the history of the show. Just just be called 12, honestly. Right. I think they're doing this just to trigger me for another meltdown for a promo. <laughs> I'm not going to take the bait. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, put my feet up and let everybody else complain. Oh, there's a reason. Anthony is defending himself. There's a reason for yeah. it because it came out five years ago. Five today. years ago, yeah. That's usually the tie-in is the date. Yeah. All right, caller 12-855-839-1210. You can identify that clip, and then we will get to this last story of the day. This headline is this. Oral sex is worse than smoking for throat cancer. Dr. Claims. Dr. Kale, back after this. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Join me next spring as we discover the wonderful sights in southern Italy together with my friends from Conservative Tours. I'm talking about the Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, Capri, the Isle of Capri, the Abbey of Monte Cassino. I mean, this is someplace I've dreamed of going, even though I've been to Rome before, but I've never actually been to Pompeii or the Amalfi Coast. And yes, we'll have plenty of time to see the great ancient sites in Rome, too, 
all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 awesome days of touring. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, wineries, tasting sessions galore. And by the way, the group dining events they're known for are legendary. 5267, that includes your nonstop airfare while supplies last, of course. Oh, I can just smell the lemon groves outside my hotel window in Sorrento. I can't wait for this. Let's do it. Just go to conservativetours.com. Scroll down. You'll see my picture. Yes, my husband, Larry, Menti, Michael, David, my sons. This is our trip of a lifetime as a family trip. Hope I hope you join me on this. Call toll-free 888-733-9494. And by the way, we will also visit Italy's best-kept secret, Puglia, charming villages, unparalleled cuisine, and you'll see why so many Italians take their vacations in Puglia. Picturesque, unspoiled, and authentically Italian. ConservativeTours.com. ConservativeTours.com. Tell Dawn sent you. Nick Hale, Dawn Stenzel, and Greg Stocker live on a Thursday morning here on 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us on YouTube. Cut sheet part due in just about 10 minutes. Also, what's on tap for the Dawn Show? Who won Twitter today? But who won the morning mystery movie clip? Who got it correct? And who is getting the tickets for Andrea Bocelli coming up December 7th at the Wells Fargo Center? I believe it is Bill in Downingtown, and he has identified the clip that we just played for you that came out five years ago today. Bill, what movie did we just play for you, sir? Hey, good morning. That's going to be uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that is correct. The easiest Bam. one. Boom. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Bill. Congratulations, Bill. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, you got the tickets. Congratulations, bud. Thank you. Appreciate it. He you was, got it. He was clapping along in his car. I, I love know. Bill. <laughs> Bill, is my favorite, Bill is my favorite caller this week. I bring it. Ooh. He brought it. He did. He did. He brought the intensity, the alacrity, the pageantry, and the funk that we love on this show. All right, 855-839-1210. We'll get to this oral um, story with uh, throat cancer um, just in just a moment. Oh, Very few shows can go from Israel Hamas to uh, throat cancer studies. Or should. Or should. <laughs> but then again, not everybody wants to be a record setter. So here's this story, and I mentioned this earlier this morning. We, we've oh, done boy. a lot with Israel and Hamas, and this is... Um, this is where I think you draw the line between free speech and hate speech or invading somebody's personal space. And, you know, once again, it's stemming from the Ivy League, whether it's Harvard or Columbia or Cornell or Yale or UPenn right here in Philadelphia. It, you know, I was told the Ivy League is where the smart kids go, except for the last three and a half, four weeks, it seems that, that might not be the case. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we are going to play you the video um, and I'm just going to give you a little backdrop to this. So a Harvard student is mobbed by a pro-Palestinian demonstrator group and demonstrators, plural, yelling shame at this guy on campus in this troubling video. Um, and they go on to say that more than a half dozen demonstrators are seen um, holding a traditional Palestinian scarf in the student's face as they surround him. And stop him from getting away, which to me, you can't intrude on somebody's right to keep walking or moving. That, that to me is unacceptable. And this is happening with 
Harvard student body, uh, the Harvard Crimson, as they call themselves. Uh, so let's cue up the video. I'm not sure if we'll be able to make out what they're saying in the video from an audio standpoint, but you'll at least be able to watch if you're on YouTube. You can just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Hit the like there and subscribe go. buttons. Okay. Look at they're they're physically they're physically surrounding yes this Jewish student right or these Jewish students I guess yes and, and it's just yeah just keep it on a loop guys if yeah if just keep can. running it back like, so this guy's and, like and you know, close like feet yeah. like oh a yes. foot or two away from this person. correct it's very intimidating I would actually argue actually physically bump the guy yeah. with the black hooded sweatshirt with the uh, yeah. mask on his face oh is physically bumping up to this guy and then he puts his arm out to say no no you're not going to go anywhere and, come back and this, here and this is Harvard right this is Harvard yeah oh, Jewish students at Harvard surrounded by anti-Israel protesters oh, my God and uh, are cornered when trying to get away and you've got about I don't know three four five individuals that are physically preventing him from moving and then a button look in the background look at all the stooges with their phones out documenting and cry like it's instead of doing something right Right. the only thing i would say in their defense is maybe you're using that as evidence to to prove that this happened but if you're doing it for likes on social media you're scum i'm i am if i'm there like i'm i'm throwing my phone away and trying to help this right they're not it's not like the people surrounding them they're a bunch of cowards they're not like buff people like i could take them yeah well they're so all from I'm, the ivy league right they've <laughs> never, seen, wimps, they've never seen a weight room so i'm going yo what happened to a safe space get away right. just get away right now and that's what you know we always talk about we hear this phrase uh, my safe space and that that's something that the left mm-hmm. loves to use when they feel like they're intimidated well it, i mean this right here is the epitome of violating yes. somebody's safe space yeah. this is i mean I, if there's anybody left from the greatest generation and i know you know because of you know, age and stuff like that. There's not that many of them left, but I feel like if there are, they're looking at this and being like, "Guys, we we've did, been telling you for we yeah. did this already. Yes, we did this already. What what is happening? What is happening? We fought a war to help the, to 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 eliminate this. Yeah, what and, is happening? And it's happening in our own on college campuses in our own country. And I, I think most people are aware enough. And willing to admit that, yes, there is anti-Semitism in this country. And maybe I'm ignorant or blind or naive. I didn't think it was to this extent this frequently. I really did yeah, not. I, this I is, agree with I, you. I did not. If you would have told me, hey, uh, on October 6th, my prediction is Hamas will attack Israel and you will see a rise in anti-Semitism in the United States like you've never <laughs> seen in a long time, I would say, eh, I don't know about that. And I'd be dead wrong. Yeah, somebody pointed out on the YouTube chat that I don't see any Palestinians there. That's a very good point. I mean, it, it's these are a bunch of, of, of wimpy, yes, wimpy, uh, misled sheep. Got a couple of white people with blonde bleach. By the way, yeah. white people are still dyeing their hair blonde. This is two thousand one. What's that about? Got one guy in the corner. Then you got a female. Uh, I see. It looks like one African American. Um, I don't know if if anybody else there is of Palestinian descent or of an Arabic background. This isn't, and by the way, when we talk about tell. freedom of expression and protest, this is not protest. No. They're harassing yeah. right. and they're physically uh, intimidating yes. right. that student. That is correct. Uh, this is, this is despicable. Where, and where, where is Harvard? What is Harvard's Where's stance Where's campus police? Where, what is happening? Right. Well, the, honestly, the, the, the universities have pretty much made their stance known. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to, to, to University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League here, just yesterday, that was going to be in my one of my big threes, but 
she, uh, the, the university did release a huge plan strongly condemning and and it was it was a good start for them mm-hmm. i think and especially in light of this i just i can't believe that this is happening on college campuses i can't either i, I can't i'm just and it's not just college campuses. It's happening yeah. on the streets yeah. of America. And by the way, guys, this is not just this is happening, yes, in the United States, but it's happening all around the world. Mm-hmm. The UK, it's happening. Like it's it's just this is there's something bubbling here that is really yeah. frightening. Yes. Really frightening. And remember we the ADL report comes out every year and and uh, remember when was that? This summer the report came out and actually in person uh, we had their leadership come in and did a long form interview and and they talked about these disturbing trends they're seeing and and we had talked about that and i and i was surprised by that but i was glad they were revealing it and giving the backdrop to it and it's a major study but now it appears that whatever was going on to greg's point that was this this movement that maybe people didn't know about now it's exposed mm-hmm. yeah it is very sad. All right, so there you go. That's the video, uh, courtesy of the New York Post. All right, nine thirty-six. Let's get to a Thursday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet Part Two. What's on the Cut Sheet? I do. Uh, what's on the Cut Sheet Part Two? Sponsored by Delaware Valley BMW Centers. Now through November thirtieth, during the BMW Road Home Sale Event, lease an all electric twenty twenty or twenty twenty four BMW. IX X Drive 50 for $799 per month for 36 months with $6,429 due at signing. Details at BMWCenters.com. Um, Daniel, did you get those two clips that I just pulled for you? Hopefully you did. Actually, at the end of the day, I guess it doesn't matter. If you did, you did. Um, we were talking a lot about uh, Trump in the first one, uh, in the first cut sheet. Ron DeSantis was on Morning Joe this morning. He spent a lot of time on Morning Joe at CNN. And mm-hmm. and I'm not sure the... That's, the, sure that's the Chris Christie playbook. Yeah, I'm not sure who's advising him to do this. Right. Um, Those people aren't winnable anyway. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, a lot of MSNBC viewers are not, like, most all MSNBC right. viewers are not going to vote for him. Right. But. How about, Jeff, by the way, you mentioned that and it just briefly in passing. The audacity of Joe Scarborough to say we have Republicans watching this show. Like, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> used to. They yeah. used to. Like, yeah. Back when he was, uh, you know, a rhino Republican. Okay. But nowadays, but, I mean, I can't imagine more than four people in the country are. No. Well, have you seen the numbers there? Nobody's watching that show. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Ron DeSantis said uh, the he's really going all in. And then we have his – you sent this last night, Nick, and I didn't get to it. But we have the first Ron DeSantis uh, uh, commercial. Official ad. Official ad. For 2024. We'll play that, too. Uh, he says the party should not nominate Trump if he is convicted. Uh, here you go. And you did say, Governor, at that August debate when the question was put to the entire panel, if Donald Trump is convicted, will you still, and he is the nominee, would you still support him? And you raised your hand. You're a lawyer. You've served in the Navy. You were well-trained at the greatest schools. Do you really believe that a man who's convicted of, say, attempting to overturn the 2020 election or taking nuclear secrets back to his beach club, do you actually still, as we sit here today, believe that person should be president? 
So I signed a pledge, uh, uh, Willie, and uh, that, that pledge is what it is. Now, do I think somebody under those circumstances could get elected president? The answer is no. Uh, that will not happen. Uh, I think that Republican voters uh, will understand that as, as we get closer to, to, to voting. Uh, but it is it would be fatal. Uh, in a general election, and I don't think the party should should nominate um, in that situation. However, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I signed the pledge. I'm a Republican. I don't think it's going to come to that, uh, and I think we'll be uh, we'll get the job done like we need to. Uh, but the reality <laughs> is, is I signed it, and, and that's what I did. You know, there's so much to nitpick apart there, and, I, and obviously, yeah, <laughs> he, he is very weaselish. Uh, he can't be elected. The party should nominate him, but I'll support him. Uh -huh. Like, bro, come on, you can't have everything. And Either well, go all in or don't. And he's already angered the MAGA base anyway, so you signing that in support really means nothing to anybody that loves Trump. So, uh, you know, the sad part is, though, I think he really would be a good president. I think he's great on policy, but when you're polling at 16%, you're never going to see that opportunity come to fruition anyway, Ron. Yeah, I, I think it's... Okay, was that a, I don't know, in, if you go to school to learn how to give a political answer, is that a really good, that's an A+, plus if you're the teacher's pet in a political school. Mustard. <laughs> but we're beyond that. We don't want yeah, that. Right. So just, you know, go, Willie, come on. I, I disagree with the premise of your question. Mm -hmm. Just stop already. Right. You know, just say, I would rather have him push back on, on Willie. You should. <laughs> You should be advising him, Don. Uh, this is his uh, first campaign, his television campaign ad for the 2024 race. Uh, if you want to see this, go get on over to YouTube. If you don't, I understand. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ron DeSantis' new uh, campaign ad. While Biden fails, DeSantis leads. The DeSantis administration has launched an evacuation. Safely evacuated hundreds of stranded Americans out of Israel. After a catastrophic hurricane, they said it would take over six months. But DeSantis got people back in their homes and rebuilt bridges in just days. And DeSantis deployed troops to the southern border to stop the invasion. Ron DeSantis, he will fight for you. He will win for us. And he will lead America's comeback. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I approve this message. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> okay. not, I mean, very factual. Yeah, sure. Not bad. Um, but when you say you're going to lead America's comeback, you are plagiarizing from Trump there at the end. Because Trump, when he officially announced last fall, said America's comeback starts right now. Um, I would have probably used a different phrase there towards the end, to be honest. His, I'll tell you what. His, I'm Ron DeSantis. It's him that's Why the problem. Why does he talk like it's that? Him. It's not the ad. The ad is actually good. I'm Ron DeMustard. All I hear is mustard. Until he talks. <laughs> Maybe he should become like, a, become like a mime and just... <laughs> <laughs> he did, the thing is, I swear he did not talk like that before he was a presidential candidate. Yeah. Am I wrong? They've gotten into his head, these consult. Get rid of them. Right. Just go back to your Navy days. You well, know, what's, when you were... what's worse? The, cha the, the changing of the pronunciation of the last name? Remember, it was DeSantis for a while, but there... It was back to the original, DeSantis. Not DeSantis, but DeSantis. I have never seen a bigger fall from grace than I have. And, and think about how, how self-inflicted these <laughs> these wounds are. Yep. The way you pronounce a last name. Whether you're wearing heels in your boots or not. <laughs> these are petty mistakes that you make when you're going through puberty in 10th grade. Oh, and you're trying to set like set an impression to like girls as you're like trying to find who you are. Yeah. Like Not at 44 years old. All right. Just embrace who you are, bro. Yeah. Fall from grace, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right. I want to get to this before we have to break. I've been teasing this since 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, I have the perfect uh, uh, mate for you, uh, person for you, Nick Kale. Um, 
and it would be Caitlin Collins. And just let me explain. Okay. Uh, because I know you two probably agree on nothing politically. It's not a political statement. She was on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, which, by the way, is... <laughs> Gets less than Morning Joe. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> um, and she was talking about uh, your favorite football team, college football team. That's correct. Uh, Roll Tide, baby. That's right. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, this is what she said. Cut 14. Uh, yeah, baby. You are a fan of Alabama football. <laughs> like... Just like a casual fan, like you are nothing, the biggest, nothing like serious. You are the biggest Alabama football fan I know on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, how has how would you say this season has gone? <laughs> Bro, I'm genuinely curious about this. I mean, you seem unhappy I say this about it with the backing of a hundred thousand people in Brian Denny Stadium. That it hasn't been our best season. Okay, well wow. that's a little unfair because all you ever have are the best seasons. <laughs> Seven and one, you're ranked eighth in the nation, and you're walking around being like, mm. <laughs> like Eagle fans. I'll tell you, I'm going to the game this weekend. I'm going to Tuscaloosa on Saturday. It's my wow. first game that wow. I've been to this season. Typically, I try to do two or three. Okay, and, Nick. Uh, hopefully, it goes well. But I mean, it has been a brutal season. We lost to Texas. Uh-huh. We've nearly lost to. By the way, can I just say one thing, mm-hmm. real fast? Where is this Caitlin Collins? I know. CNN? There's none of that on her show. Yeah. She, no I mean, personality, no smiling. The first thing I would say to her if I was, you know, her program director or whatever they call it over there, I'd be yeah. like, "This is the, whoever right. you were on Seth Meyers. That's who you need to be on CNN." Yeah. Correct. Well, that's who she used to be. But again, we're talking about the consultants who advise her, and it was mm-hmm. all like, "Just talk like yes. in that whispery, yes, yes." And I've told robotic you robotic way, like Anderson Cooper. Every female on CNN looks angry and miserable, <laughs> yeah, like Dan- Anderson, D- Dana Bash, uh, Aaron. They uh, all just look like they just want death yeah. to Trump. Put her in a jean jacket, let her drink some scotch, yes. and talk Alabama football. Yes, roll tide. Uh, Amen. Uh, Caitlin? All right, a little bit more, and then you can comment next. Texas oh, fans I, here? I I, yeah, no, you just you stay till the end. Did you just do that? Just be a good sport and stay till the end. Raise your hands again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Are you a fun vibe during a game? Or, no, oh okay. my God. Everyone is always like, I want to go to the game with you. Like all my friends from who have never been to the South, they're like, I'd love to come. I'm like, sure, you can come and hang out with me before the game, after, if we win, during the game. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking. I'm, yeah. like, sitting there. I'm watching. I'm so serious. So what about in New York City, someone says, I want to come over to your apartment. Oh, no. Okay, no. You this watch alone? When I moved to Washington, D.C., I moved there a month after I graduated from Alabama. And on Saturdays, people in Washington would be like, let's go to brunch. Let's go do this. And I was like, it's, it's Saturday. Like, yeah. we're not going anywhere that's not within, like, 30 feet of a television. Hell yeah, it's got to be 50 inches at least. Yeah. Yes. And they have wow. to turn the sound on. It's amazing. It's so cool that you overcame this mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. It's cute. Right. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've been able to say the same thing in Philadelphia. I don't understand how a man on a Saturday in the fall is out doing a pumpkin patch ride, listen, raking the leaves, listen, listen, going to the mall. Listen, listen. Oh. Like, bro, college we, football's on today. Listen. My, <laughs> and I get it. This is not a college listen, football game. Listen, come on. My... <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Oh, of course. I have of course. to be a doting dad on the weekend because yes. I'm not home a lot during yes. the week. So. By the way, Alabama plays LSU Saturday night, and I'll, uh, I'll see if Caitlin's available. <laughs> she looks pretty good there, by the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. See how nice you can actually be when you're a pleasant person and you smile? <laughs> oh, boy. They are not they are not happy about this. Uh-oh. Mangle yeah. Mush says she's a puppet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shelly says she's not hot. She has a big nose. She does, oh, have, well, yeah, she does have a schnoz, but I do, too. <laughs> But the the question I do have about her is that, and I know she's trying to be good and listen to their little CNN consultants, but when will Caitlin come out? Because reportedly she's not 
She's not a liberal person. Right. Yeah, yeah. So. we've heard that many times. Uh, by the way, Nick, if you want to have a little friendly wager, I'll put my money on on LSU. You, you want LSU with the three points? Yep. All right, I'll take Alabama minus three. Okay. Loser has to watch all of Caitlin Collins' <laughs> show on Monday night. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up, find out who won Twitter today and what's on tap for the Dawn <laughs> Show, and I'm going to uh, send Caitlin a DM. Back after this. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. You've heard me talk about our great experience uh, with Piazza Honda. We recently, you know, went, visited Ross and Tony and Kristen, Vince, uh, met with them. It was such a great experience for Michael watching him drive away in that gorgeous new Honda Civic from my friends at Piazza Honda. They have such a knowledgeable sales team and showed all the features. And then Michael took it on the road test, you know, road a road trip for a test drive. We were so impressed every single step of the way. And when we left that dealership, of course, I was taking pictures of my Michael. We were, we were all verklempt. It was, it was really a sweet moment for us. But also, he, walked, he drove away with a specific model, the color that he loved, and wanted and the experience, it was seamless from start to finish. If you're considering a new or a pre-owned Honda, just visit Piazza Honda in Philadelphia, Springfield, Springfield at Stelco, Langhorn, Pottstown, or Reading. You can always shop online. Maybe start your search at PiazzaHonda.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaHonda.com. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dawn Stenzlin is coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. And we find out what she has lined up just seven minutes from now. Yes, yeah, so much happening in Philadelphia and beyond. We've got a lot of breaking news and developing here in Philadelphia. And also, all the, all the news that broke yesterday out of our Pennsylvania legislature. So we've got all that covered. Coming up at 10.05, my friend Christine Flowers, local broadcaster, uh, national columnist Christine Flowers. And we'll talk about all of these issues and, of course, the ramifications of the upcoming elections. And what are some of these local elections in Philadelphia where people are really fired up, for example, over these injection sites, and why Philadelphia voters really matter in some big statewide races? So we'll go through that, among other things, with Christine Flowers. Then coming up at 11, we will get uh, the take from Cindy Ziff, the voice of the ocean, clean ocean action, of course. Yep. Right from you mentioned Cindy yesterday. So yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> I know, right? So just to get her take, twenty four hours later, we heard Van Drew. We heard all the movements, but she, she is very nervous about a few things as far as these turbines, and does not think this is a done deal with the big news that Orsted is backing out. And speaking of New Jersey, who else is running for um, Senator Menendez's job? A little surprise candidate in the works making some moves. So we'll look at that one as well. A famous wife is and maybe entering in the bid any minute. So okay. a lot coming up. All right. 954 as we wrap up the show on a Thursday with Who Won Twitter today? Who Won Twitter? Who Won Twitter sponsored by Delaware Valley BMW Centers. Old Man Dudley wins Twitter. He says, so you took the bait, huh? 
at the peak of the ha- uh, the candy holiday, you're doing an anti-sugar segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I did. You took the bait. I did. Guilty as charged. Uh, now through November 30th, during the BMW Road Home Sales event, receive a credit of up to $3,000 on select models like the BMW X3 and X5. For details, visit your local Delaware Valley BMW Center or go to bmwcenters.com today. All right. That will do it for us today. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is next. But right now, Dawn's still- Stenzlin with a word for Chapman. Yeah, because you've heard me talk for years about Chapman windows, doors, and siding. I think the world of the Chapman family team, and they've done a beautiful job in my home, not just to make my home more beautiful with new windows and doors, but those beautiful doors and window replacement, but also energy efficiency. You think about how cold it was freezing overnight, was it not? If you need to customize, if you want some of those types of options, you definitely want to turn to the Chapman family team. They really do it all. Windows, doors, interior doors as well, suckle remediation. Also, when you take a virtual tour at ChapmanWindowsDoors.com, look at the Nana, N-A-N-A, the Nana Wall product. This huge, gorgeous wall of glass doors and windows. It looks seamless. It can really brighten up your home, make a transformational difference. Premium architecture shutters designed to last a lifetime with a lifetime warranty. These are just some of the unique Chapman differences I'm always raving about. They do meticulous work, outstanding service, high-quality products installed by high-quality people with a lot of years of wisdom and respect. They're going to respect your family budget, too. You can call. You can text 610-431-8898, ChapmanWindowsDoors.com. Tell them Dolan sent you. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.